Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Comedian Jimmy Pardo has a really fun new podcast. You know, Jimmy Pardo is one of the greats of podcasting, Matt. His podcast, Never Not Funny, is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. I still listen to it. It's literally Never Not Funny. What's his new podcast called? It's called Playing Games with Jimmy Pardo, and you can listen to it ad-free and one week early on Stitcher Premium. So you're telling me he's joined by a different celebrity guest, co-host, each and every week. Jimmy welcomes three Colin contestants, testing their knowledge of movies, TV, music, and headlines from the last five decades? Yes. Guests so far have included Nikki Glaser, Scott Ackerman, and there will be so many more great ones coming down the line. I suppose everyone should go ahead and check out ad-free episodes of Playing Games with Jimmy Pardo one week early on Stitcher Premium. For a free month, go to stitcherpremium.com slash playing games and use promo code BOND. You know, we got to get Jimmy Pardo on this podcast. That's a great idea. And Twitter, hit him. Matt and Matt, Matt and Matt, Matt Podcast. It's James Bonding. I'm Matt Gorley. I'm Matt Myra. Tonight, not only do we have a, a, a long time coming guest, but he's the author of the James Bonding theme song. He's well, <laughs> Jonah Ray. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's no. There's take no, much umbrage. There, yes, I. I, I want to suppose. Get, <laughs> well, let's get. Let's finish this part. Also and then the, I'll... G- the John Barry and Monty Norman part yes. of that too. Wow. So let's just say if we put those three aside and all respect and credit due to them, this is the guy that got it done. <laughs> That's right. This is when time to get time to get put pen to paper. That's right. And 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 recorded it, produced it. It's Paul Saborn from Paul and Storm and Hello. so many other things. Paul, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Long-time listener, first-time guest. Oh, yeah. I oh. find that shocking. I know. Well, we tried to make it happen first time around, it, but, but that yeah. was when you guys were recording every five and a half weeks on average. I'm sure. You're giving us credit yeah. there. Uh, I love that we came out so hot out of the gate. We were the first banking time him. We had yep. four in the can. Least, like, yeah. We were going, and then we were just like, oh, dear. Yeah. But yeah. we finally made it happen, Paul. Well, now we, it, ha- it takes a contract holding our feet to the fire with ad dollars involved for us to do this on a regular basis. For ads you may or may not hear, because for some reason, it's hard to sell things. <laughs> well, it is what it in is. In today's economy. How are you, Paul? I'm great. I'm doing real good. I was uh, I'm I flew all the way out to the West Coast from East Coast to West Coast, not just to do this, but it was a prime dangler. Uh, it, was, it was a prime mover of my decision as to when to come out here. Was oh, can I fit oh. in at James Bonding? Well, That's I'm glad exciting. we could accommodate you. No, kidding. thank you. Um, what is your your history with James Bond? We like to ask our first time guests. Uh, I've always been a fan. 
Uh, first, yeah, I, I, I did my research. Uh, I'm, I've got my little notes. I love it. Uh, I've been a fan. The fir- first one I saw in the theaters was Moonraker, although I, it, I was a little too young for it. Not so much for the movie. I mean, I understood what was going on, but it's not like I went, oh boy, I get to go see a James Bond movie. Yeah. So much as I was taken to the movies and Moonraker was what was there that day. And I enjoyed it fine. And I knew it was a James, I knew the James Bond deal, but I wasn't <laughs> huge into it. I didn't see, was, was For Your Eyes Only next? Yes. I think. Yes. I didn't see that, but I did own the graphic novel version, like the novelization, but oh, done yeah. comic book style of For Your Eyes oh, Only. So wow. for, for a good 15 years, that was the only way I had seen was For Your Eyes Only. Marvel, DC, or Independent? I have no idea. Wow. I, I don't even know I why like I got Marvel it or who owned. gave it. To me. for a long time mm. marvel had the rights for a long time wow and if i'm wrong people will correct us okay yeah but then i guess uh octopussy was next right yeah sure I, was. octopussy was the first one i guess that i went to go see deciding on my own i want to go see a james bond movie so the you theater. were like boy they made a sequel to this graphic novel yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go see it <laughs> uh but i as i say i'd always been a fan um seen you know bits and pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when uh, From Russia With Love was airing on TV on like ABC and it was a very big deal for some reason. Well, uh, and I got very impressed. That's the, I, I, again, I, I'm not the biggest, I, I don't go take the deep dive the way you guys do. Is that the one where he has the, the jet pack? No, that would be Thunderball. 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 Okay, then it was Thunderball that was showing because I remember being very, sure. very impressed because whenever a, a personal jetpack showed up on TV, whether it was in Gilligan's Island, oh, yeah, right, <laughs> or that one clip from That's Incredible, yes, That's, which was the same jetpack, or from Thunderball. So uh, just one guy licensing his Thunderball, his jetpack out to people. <laughs> wow, where is that jetpack? Oh, I bet it's. I is it not as like guarantee the, it's in the Bond in Motion yeah, exhibit? I was going to say it probably is. Which I have visited and will visit again. Well, so, uh, so I wasn't a completist. I'm still not a completist. Uh, is the, are there have bonds you, you have seen, seen? I have not seen. Uh, this, this is where the shame comes out. I have not seen a single Dalton. Mm. And I. There's only two. Well. Don't feel that much shame. Yeah. I feel too shame then. <laughs> uh, and I have seen. I've probably seen all of the Brosnans <laughs> in bits and you. pieces, but I, uh, other than Golden, I have never seen the other two. Well, start to finish. It's always been in like for you. it's always You're, been in forty minute chunks on whatever, HBO. Whatever about to say, don't listen. No, uh-huh. you, there's a whole another movie you haven't seen because you've seen, said you've seen Goldeneye, but then you haven't seen the other two. There are actually three well, more Brosnan. That gives you an idea yeah. of my what esteem I hold the Brosnan <laughs> era in. In fact, I j- they were just showing again. They all run together for me. Yeah. Uh, it, is Die Another Day the one that starts with the 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 Hovercraft? jet? No. Uh, n- where, where oh, he no, escapes on the jet. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow Never Dies. I was watching that. Easy and I forgot mistake. that's that, in fact, does have his best strangulation acting yeah. on screen. Well, I think. well, some say it's, it's the. I guess it's strangulation acting is not the same as torture chair choking. Uh, well, the torture chair choking is great. Let's also give him credit for being uh, squeezed by Xenia Onithope. Right. Mm-hmm. Some great effort there. Boy, is he ever choked in Die Another Day? Because that would really complete the Boy, quadrilogy there. That's a good question. Hmm. Well, we'll find out soon enough. We're going to find out very soon. Hmm. Oh, is there no, something my, I don't know? Not my choice. It's my choice tonight. We'll see. <laughs> oh, oh and you alluded to it earlier. Let me get the truth. Let let the truth come out. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure that in fact, um, my recording of the James Bonding theme was in fact inspired by Jonah Ray's appearance. I we were working on our uh, at the time 
upcoming album and I was a fan of the podcast sure. and I was doing anything I could to avoid working on it. <laughs> and I was listening to that episode where he suggested you guys need some sort of theme song, you know, bonding, friendship, Gorley, Meyer. And I said, damn it. That's a thing that'll distract me for a few hours. So I, I, put, I put down what I was working on. And I put through that thing together in probably about three hours and emailed it to Matt. You hadn't asked for it. I mean, I love that theme song so much. It really is like it works so beautifully too because there's parts of it we can pull for like going to ads. There's parts yeah, like that was end, planned. That yeah, was absolutely in my brain. The podcast with the escalating. Yep. It's just a I beautiful mean, piece of music. It just, it just all just poured out of me. My, my love for the mats. It's gorgeous. In every note. Yeah. Thank That's you. Well done. Paul and Storm, and thank you to John Barry, and thank you to Jonah Ray. And really, Monty Norman. For the five creative forces <laughs> yeah. behind. Yeah. The five, the five pillars, if Did you will. Did Storm work on this at all? He didn't just... actually. I mean, it really, right. it was all, He's it was out. a one-night deal. He was there. You he was there in spirit. Yeah, yeah that was me him. just recording against myself, probably about Storm. 12 tracks. Jeez. Dead to me. <laughs> How many takes would you have to do on each track? Like, you pretty much nailed it every time. That's no, how I'm, good you are. I'm a pretty good musician. Yeah, I believe And it. I mean, I was in a professional a cappella band for 12 years. That's right. I mean, that's oh the only God. credential that, you that actually kind of need st- to be on this podcast. Yeah. Wow. That's why I can't believe you haven't had me on until now. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm glad we finally made things right. This I'm will excited. begin to make things right. Is now, that what this is? That's what this is. Oh, and now, I, I, as more preamble to the preamble, please. can I please weigh in on the whole Kananga uh, balloon versus oh, pigeon double take? Yeah, okay. And I have no idea okay. where you're coming from on this. Uh, I am very much team Kananga balloon, and I will tell you why. Now, I, that is not by not in any way to to detract from pigeon triple takes incredible yeah. ridiculousness. Sure, the thing that puts Kananga double uh, Kananga balloon. Over the top for me is pigeon double take is intentionally stupid. That's where I'm, it's got that British exactly Richard Lestery mm-hmm. elbow to the ribs. Yep. Here's this little bit of absurdity. It Whereas Kananga Balloon, I I think Kananga Balloon, everyone was like, this is gonna look so fucking awesome. I'm gonna allow you to say that. <laughs> Thank you, but that's big but. of you. That, and that's why it's a, a, because it didn't mean to be as dumb as it is. Your, that's my your, main your, criteria. That to me seals the your, deal. But that's... that your both of you having this argument, that is my argument for why double take is the worst moment because they spent time running the film back and forth, back <laughs> and forth, and fucking decided to hit print. Well, there's only one way to to settle this, and that's to go to podswag.com/bond. And buy either a Kananga balloon or a Pigeon Double Take t-shirt. They're available now and would make the perfect holiday gift That's for right. your podcast fan. Are you actually going to decide the question for once and for all via based sales? Well, right now, based on t-shirts, well, right now, based on t-shirts sales, That's, That's Kananga balloon. <laughs> That is how most uh, most Whatever. issues are decided these days. What if you opened my closet and a bunch of just purchased shirts <laughs> rolled out? I cared that much. I, I, I would the walls. genuinely feel sad for you. <laughs> I already do. And then I would be like, Matt, we should send these back. <laughs> no, I must win. <laughs> well, Matt, Skyfall is a very special movie for us and for this podcast really because is. this isn't the movie that brought us together. This is our genesis. This is our... Date night film. This is our Garden of Eden. We, we bit the apple this That's evening. right. Now, if you haven't heard this story before, <laughs> we'll just make it quick. Um, Matt was, of course, the gadget master on Attack of the Show. Yeah. And I was brought on... 
via our friend Josh Flom, who works on that show and now works on Sidekick as well. Yes, he does. Um, brought me on that the two of us could have a bit of a bond panel with the host, and that's how we met. And this was right when Skyfall came out. Yeah, I believe and, John Barrowman was the, our host that's at that right. point. Yeah. Arrow's John Barrowman, uh-huh. formerly of the Doctor Who's and the whatever the hell the spinoff the, was. The tor- John, Torches Wood. There we go. Uh, and uh, we, got, we got to chatting. Skyfall was out? Or was it coming out? It wasn't out when we had done... Because I hadn't seen it, I don't think. Right, so when we did the panel, it was sort of like, Skyfall's coming out, and let's do this... Let's talk about all these best parts of James Bond. So Matt and I obviously hit it off. Mm -hmm. And we we both then see Skyfall, but then we made the decision of like, well, we need to see this in IMAX. Should we see it in IMAX together? Yeah. And we went to one magical evening mm-hmm. at the City Walk at Universal Studios Light in drizzled. Hollywood. Light drizzle. And, you know, it was one of those nights where the stars align and it's the most special time one can imagine because it's the beginning of the Christmas season. Oh, lift us up where we belong. <laughs> We're both out there in a coat. Where the eagles fly. You can see our breath. Across the mountains high. You can hear our breath. And you look. We were panting. Up to the right. <coughs> I injured myself. And you see, <laughs> you see the weather girls. And you think to yourself, boy, is this It's Raining Men? And then a moment sets in where you're like, no, this isn't It's Raining Men. This is a weather girls Christmas song <laughs> that we didn't know existed but the full music video played. And so intrigued by this that Matt and I literally stood in the rain <laughs> with no hats, no umbrella, and we watched this entire music video. <laughs> this is not how I remember it. It was... Hang on, I have it to never think is, it. Matt. Oh, this is exactly how I remember it. <laughs> it looks like it's set to Golden Girls clips. What is this? It literally was like a wait, what? There's another Weather Girls song. Now we, of course, were intrigued by this, and I believe at City Walk the entire time in the corner it said Weather Girls, name of the song. And then you can hear them hitting the key. Oh, oh it's here it comes. All right. It's <laughs> they have holiday news. They do have holiday news. Is oh god, is this going where I think it's going? Because I do not, I do not know this song. Oh, it's not snowing. Men. Oh, if it, see that would have redeemed this. If sure. it was going to, it's snowing men. I would have forgiven all. Right, that's come up before. Like that's the natural. Progression and it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's snowing men. Uh, but the fact that we both stood there in the cold in Los Angeles while it was raining in December, very late at night, That's and right. watched that entire music video, we know and we each, knew at without, that moment without yeah. looking, each you just reached out to hold each other's hand, yep. friends for life. That's nice. right, lovers Not of James experts. Bond. F four L. That's what it says on the uh, tattoos and then you it, got. Right. It wasn't long before we went to Village Bakery together in Atwater Village and plotted out what would be the James Bonding podcast. I had no recollection of that moment until he just said that. I had oatmeal. Well, yeah. <laughs> I probably no, had. I I probably the Germans wore gray. 
that famous line, I had a meal, Germans were great. That was back in the I don't remember. Atwater Gorley mm-hmm. headquarters. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Good times. And here we are with Skyfall, the 23rd Bond movie. Do you realize that we have now been loving Bond together for half a decade? Come on. That's Five true. years ago, this movie came wow. out. And they've only gotten two movies out. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Actually, it was out before we did James Bonding. So really, they've only done one movie during our tenure as James Bonding. 100% accurate. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Come on, Eon. Mm. What did we do first? Dr. No or Scott? Dr. No we did first, yeah, with Paul. Right. F. Tompkins. Not That's right. Paul. And then to Skyfall with Steve Agee. Yeah. Yeah. But here we are with Skyfall. I got, I got some big shoes to fill. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> In every possible way. Uh, yeah, so this is a movie that I have not seen since that fateful podcast watch. Mm. Back in, in 2013. So it's been a good four years. That's since interesting. I've seen You've Skyfall. not watched it. I have not rewatched Skyfall. I of put all... this one on quite often, even though, like, initially I was a little lukewarm on it. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I've said this before. I think it was because I watched too much trailers and read too much. So I wasn't overwhelmed by it the night I saw it. I wasn't underwhelmed. I guess I was just whelmed. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it has grown and grown in my esteem so much each time. And I keep it on my phone and my like iPad. So pretty much I watch it anytime I fly. I just put a little bit on. Okay. Or like if like we got a half hour tell landing. Oh, I'll watch the opening sequence or whatever. Well, but this is the first time I've watched it in full in a long time yeah i watched it in its entirety last evening by myself my wife was like what are you doing i was like i gotta watch skyfall she's like i'll be in bed that's what, <laughs> yeah that's what amanda does yeah. yeah i hadn't seen it since i saw it in the theater mm. and so in the last week i went back and finally watched quantum which i had only ever seen bits and pieces of oh, wow. sure you didn't need to do that I'm i so know sorry. but i wanted to i wanted to be complete. congratulations houston astros oh well there you go yeah uh and then i've watched so i've watched this one and a half times in the last three days now because i fell asleep but a little over halfway through the i totally get it this is this the longest period of time during a movie before the villain shows up that's a good Silva question. Silva does not appear until uh, yeah. over an hour into the movie. Yeah. I've... But I suppose, I wonder how far in does Kristoff? Uh, he comes in at the funeral so pretty quickly, like just for a second at right. the funeral. Right, okay. But what about Blofeld in um, Telly Savalas in On Her Majesty's Secret Service? Does he come in quite a bit late? What about Blofeld in You Only Live Twice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just Someone will have to do that. They will. Calculation. That's the beauty of it. Hey, uh, internet math questions. nerds? They're there. Get on it. Paul, do you want to start with your initial reactions? Um, hmm. I, in some, I like this movie. Second time, I, I enjoyed it a lot in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than I think you guys did, or certainly Matt did, uh, Gorley did, mm-hmm. the first time in the theater. Uh, this time around, I still enjoyed it, but I think I enjoy the sum of the movie more than a lot of its parts. Like, there's some parts I absolutely love, yeah. and there's some parts I got real issues with. Mm. I fell back in love with his wardrobe in this movie. His mm. wardrobe is phenomenal in this movie. That's why I decided to put on the pants and boots for today. Oh, let me take a look this at these. Is, this is your uh, Scotland bottom half here. You want to take yeah? You want to take a gander? Yeah, look at that! Look at that! Five, 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 five eyes on that boot. Lace it all the way up. I went off mic, so maybe you didn't hear me say "Holy crap!" And uh, these are these are by far my most comfortable boots. I've worn them 
I walked one day. I walked twenty miles in these boots. Jeez, they are a they are a comfy boot, and I still have them. And so does Daniel Craig. Mm. He still has mm. the same pair he wore into that water. Oh yeah, for real or yeah, just... for real? It's crazy. Jeez, Phil a... Nobile, our our yeah. our man in the field, our man, <laughs> our eye in the, the sky, east. our man in the east. Uh, he sent me a picture not very long ago, less than a year ago, of Daniel Craig at a premiere wearing the boots. With a, just wet footprints behind him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've never completely dried. Uh, it's a mystery. Anyway, I, the first time I noticed, by the way, he's wearing the midsize Omega Aquaterra in the entire Scotland scene. The water James land. Bond watch I do not have. Oh, jeez. Mm. I also think, uh... I can't overstate how much of my love for this movie comes from them getting Roger Deakins in to shoot it. Richard He's Deakins. The, Richard Deakins. Yeah. Roger Deakins. Rich, what the hell's yeah. wrong with me tonight? Rick well, Deakins. It is Roger Deakins. Is it Roger? I thought it was Richard Deakins. It's probably Roger Deakins. It's Roger Deakins. I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be upset. I just love the editing of Stuart Baird and his other Baird. That I know. <laughs> Yeah, Roger Deakins. Oh, boy, I really fucked The way up. to remember that is he kind of looks like Roger Dalton. But you made me do- doubt myself no, because you're I such an authoritarian. My... Well, again, love or not expert. Yeah. Love yeah. or not expert. Love or not expert. So the only thing enough. I can say to get away from this. He's the MVP of this film, man. He's I Every time I watch this, I catch something new cinematography-wise. And that's there's a lot to catch in this thing. It's Almost yeah, every beautiful. scene in this movie has one of those images where you're like, oh, this should be on that one perfect shot Twitter. Yeah, right. I'm going to do a one perfect shot Skyfall account. That's just Skyfall shots. And then mm-hmm. I just do every, literally every frame of the movie in I sequential think, order. I love it. <laughs> I don't hate that idea. I support it 100%. Okay. Uh, yeah, this movie is beautiful. This movie is just unlike any other James Bond movie visually, I think. I've been really having a great time watching these movies for this podcast. It's, it is a nice time of my day, especially... Like if I have some other things to do, that's one thing. But to say I've got to watch a James Bond movie today. Oh, one hundred percent. Just the joy I get. Like last evening, I got home from work a little early because it was Halloween, and a lot of the EPs have kids, so they all got to go. We left at four thirty. Oh, nice. So I went, had to get a new tire for my car because I ran over a screw when I parked at Starbucks. Had to get two new tires because they wanted me to replace both tires at the same time. Anyway, long story short. I was like, whatever, I'm going to walk home, sit down. I'm, and the two things I had to do for my jobs were watch the new episode of Star Trek Discovery and then watch James Bond. Wow. I mean, what more could you want out of an evening? So um, the the issues that you say this film might have, do they have to do with the plotting? Mostly the plotting. Yeah. I, I have a horror of movies that involve... A plan years in the making that involves such ridiculous clockwork precision and prediction of people doing specific things in specific order at specific times that just I I, I just don't care for. It's that the greatest kind of. flaw in this film, and it actually got me wondering that I can't find an actual correlation between quality of a Bond movie and successful plot because mm-hmm. I have to say that this. I really like this film. Yeah. But the plot is awful. And um, it just goes to show that with a Bond movie, plots don't often matter. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, 
what are the good Bond movies that actually have a good plot and they are few and far between from Russia with Love, yes. Casino Royale, yes. On yeah. Her Majesty's Secret Service, and yes. that's about all I can But even do. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, I think, has a great plot for James Bond, but I think ultimately the villain's plot is bananas. It, you're right. It is. I, I would say maybe take that one off because the whole thing to do with allergies is so silly and stupid, yeah. <laughs> even though it is from Fleming. Sure. But that's two. Casino Morale and From Russia with Love. Yeah. Are there any others that... I guess Thunderball's relatively straightforward, just kind of a hostage nuclear thing. I think, you know, honestly, on the merits of plotting, Goldeneye is very clear uh, and succinct. Because you it doesn't have, have one former... too many twists and turns like no, that. No, you have the former agent mm-hmm. who... Lo- always love a good former agent yeah, plot. Yeah, who uh, you think is dead, who isn't dead, who's actually the bad guy, and he's got this plan. Yeah, I guess so. It's yeah. to do this because of revenge. Yeah. We oh. got through the Living Daylights plot, but it was so complicated that I would say that... People have tweeted us, by the way, the cocaine price setting. No, License to Kill, yeah. That I'm sorry, one. I yeah. still don't understand. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> did they manage to get it down to a single tweet? They did. I still don't get it. So that's well, just on me. Our, I mean, that really just goes to show that plotting just doesn't seem to really matter. Skyfall, I think, is the case to be made for that. It's the most popular James Bond film ever, right? It's yeah. the biggest yeah. successful. I think adjusted for inflation, it's not. No? I think Goldfinger is. But it is, you know, certainly of modern times, it is by far the most successful. Over a billion dollars at the box office. Just that movie. Yeah, and the plot is ridiculous. You know... It's not, uh, it's not so ridiculous when you're just, like, first time letting it wash you. over you. I agree. It, it, it gets ridiculous when you start to look at it. But it, it holds together just enough on first viewing well, that... I did start to look at it today. and Or yesterday. And there's a couple things... That I, I that I was like, well, wait, why didn't they do this? And I don't know if how if we're gonna go plot by plot of the movie. But how would you like to do it? This is your movie. I'd like you to choose. Well, I just I think we should just start. Should we just walk through? Let's just start yeah, let's going. Let's just start let's going. Okay. Because I got notes. Great. Yeah, me too. At least I mean, for the first two thirds, till I get tired about of the cold open. I know that always happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> so My third gonna, act notes are fight, 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 slim every time. <laughs> you know, J.K. Rowling tweeted about this movie. A couple days ago. What? Are you kidding? No. Your close personal friend, J.K. Rowling? My close personal someone had retweeted her and I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) I've got Uh, a few of those. um, But uh, someone had tweeted about the fact that if you were to cut the air brakes on a a train, on that train, Mm -hmm. the car would, the train itself would automatically come to a stop. Uh. And that the movie would have been over in seven minutes. J.K. Rowling's response uh, was... Uh, rolling. N- r- rolling. So I already um, think I know where this is going, and I like it. Was, uh, I'm as someone who is currently writing a screenplay, plotting is the hardest part. People like you can go to hell, or yeah. something to that effect. <laughs> See, especially something for things effect. like that. Minor technicalities that, like that, like of someone who knows pneumatic brake systems yeah. and stuff, that's more yeah. about pointing out what they know about pneumatic brakes. Yeah. I don't I'm care the, about that. It's like what you're saying, that cause and effect logic that is so bananas that Silva would be able to foresee all that's happening. Yeah. It, it still doesn't matter. I really enjoy the film. We're going to talk about its yeah. merits, I yeah, think, yeah. this entire time. But it is worth mentioning that those... those and like Even to things, and not to jump too far ahead, but yeah. even, for example, when Bond is chasing Silva through the train uh, tunnels... Mm-hmm. And Silva blows up. That's the biggest one. The you know, blows up the ceiling, so that the train will come down 
on who? Did he know Bond was going to follow him? So he took the time to pre-plant explosives in the right spot to allow a train to fall on Bond. And like, the train's going to come at exactly that time. Yeah, it, it was, is. It, that is by far the most silly coincidence thing. But even more silly is the fact that he would have to know how long it takes Q to yes. crack his computer. Yes. Right. He knows he's going to plug the, the computer into the network to, to yeah. unload the virus at this point. And yeah. that it was going to time out perfectly with the hearing so that he could go attack M at the... It is, yeah. It was an inquest or whatever it was. That, that portion of the movie is by far the most crazy, lucky plotting. Yeah. So that's off the table. Oh, and he also would... And, and also that he would know that when he blew up... Her office at MI6, they would move to a particular... Well, actually, he wouldn't necessarily have to know that, that but he would be able to figure out, okay, okay if they move me here, then I'll be able to escape by killing two people, having a, a, you know, one friend walk me through this anti-room or whatever. I don't understand how he killed those two guards. Right. But I think he threw his teeth insert at them like a boomerang, (laughs) like a deadly boomerang. He wound them up and they just went... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The... I, I buy that Silva being an agent at Station H would know the emergency protocols, depending on, you know, if he's a double O or something, which I think he is, right? I think Theoretically, that's I think he's a double O. Um, I think he knows the emergency protocols of Station H. Sure. But, but of, to rely on them M? cracking the Granborough code at exactly that time. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. But it's it, this is stuff that's just willing suspension of disbelief. You're yeah. buying a ticket to a Bond movie. Yeah. You're signing up for this stuff. Yeah. And I, I like to look at the Bond movie as a series of set pieces. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> and, and you know what? This movie delivers set piece after not set Not only piece. that, but it delivers in the connective tissue, which a lot of the Bond movies don't, because I think the dialogue and character scenes in this movie are some of the best in any of the Bond. And you know why they work really well for me compared to a lot of them is they don't go... I'm sorry to say this to a Moore fan. They don't go for a lot of cheesy one-liners. There's a few. I agree. And I think they're the weakest parts of this movie. I agree. But for the most part, they just go for kind of wry, you know, vocal grab-assery or or some wisecracking, but they don't go for the arch line. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that. It wouldn't doesn't fit Daniel Craig. I don't like my more and my Craig and my Craig and my more, but I love my more and my Craig. <laughs> now, do you think this is that How was that John Logan's? <laughs> How much of this do you think is John we Logan's? I, I remember you guys have had yeah. this talk this about the great, Wade versus this is the great mystery of James Bond. Now, but he was let go from Spectre. Here's the situation, right? Who was Logan? Logan right? Yeah. And how do we feel about Spectre now? No, that's not right. You know? So... It puts us back in square one. This is an interesting thing, and I think I've brought this up before. There are two key people in this movie who are responsible for the death of Star Trek. There are two key people involved in this movie. John Logan. John Logan and Stuart Baird, the editor. Stuart Baird was given a chance to direct... And the movie he directed was Star Trek Nemesis. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, which Logan wrote? Which right? Logan wrote? Story by John Logan, Brent Spiner, and Rick Berman. So that is story by John Logan, Red Flag, and fucking Red Flag. <laughs> you don't want, like, I don't want to go to a, as much as I love Daniel. Yeah. I don't want to see story by Daniel Craig and Michael G. Wilson when I pop my sit down for a Bond movie. Well, that was Quantum of Solace in many ways. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so, and the problems with this, Stuart Baird 
great, fantastic editor. If you look at his editing work, he's one of the best editors since fucking yeah. Thelma. Just the cold open alone. He, he yeah. edited this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's really well edited. Um, but, you know, his his direction of Nemesis left a lot to be desired. He changed the whole color scheme on the bridge for no reason. He just thought blue, red better. He didn't know. He thought Jordy was an alien because he had weird contact lenses. Didn't no, realize he was a blind what? human being. No, come on. He had he to didn't know that. Think, Even I know that. He didn't think I don't Michael, like sports. I know. He didn't think Michael Dorn's voice was deep enough because he looked like such a crazy alien. He's a Klingon. So they digitally deepened Dorn's voice. Oh, wow. And they made a story that while... That is uh, not great. I mean, I'm not going to do it justice here. Yeah. Uh, go Google uh, it, nerds. Go to go to go watch Red Letter Media's review of Star Trek Nemesis. That's it's yeah. all you need to know. It's not good. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I didn't like it. I hated it, and I didn't like it. And was she a great big fat person? <laughs> Would you? Um. So yeah. So that. So that's my. That's sort of my John Logan indicator. But then, so the old JLI, yeah, yeah, the but JLI scale. Those were directorial choices. No, but the plotting of that movie also. Yeah. Is, okay. Yeah. Is gotcha. So I just think it's interesting that these two people were so heavily involved in my other favorite franchise, right? And they killed it. Like it, I'm curious about that with Paul Haggis that. Casino Royale is my favorite Bond, and Crash is my least favorite movie I think I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how that happens. Well, I mean, as always, Paul Haggis, you're invited to be on the, on the God, podcast. you do this every now, here, time I do Let, let me ask this. Uh, I don't have an answer. Yeah. Uh, did Paul Haggis do Casino Royale pre or post Scientology? That's a good question. I'm not sure. It was certainly. I don't want to get into a whole thing. I think it was. It was, I, think it was I think it was. I think it was still I think during. It was yeah. during because that article he wrote came out after. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, want to talk cold open? Yeah, I'd love to talk. Cold love open. this cold open. Very first thing I have my, in my notes that I want to talk about because I've seen it other places, but it's very prominent in that opening out of focus walking shot. Yeah. Landing and hitting the light in the. Well, eyes. yeah. That's. I mean, that's you know, okay. a nice little over. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, DP thing, but Daniel Craig walks like a weightlifter in that he's kind of yeah. swinging his torso around yeah. like he's got this bulk. And you I know seen what? him do it in, in Casino Royale, but I, I think a, I think part of it is that he is a he has a muscular frame. Yeah, honestly, I think the other part of it is his wardrobe. He wears such a he wears a very tight yeah. That's suit. what that's what I was going to ask. How much of it was wardrobe? How much of it was his bulk? And how third, much of it is just a character choice? I'll add a third thing that this shot specifically is so out of focus that to get a silhouette, he probably had to spread his limbs slightly because everything's so blurred. I'll take that. Although Thanks. it's not even Appreciate so much it. the arm spread, which it is, but it's the way he sort of swings yeah. around, yeah, pivot. like pivoting around his yeah. own waist. It is interesting, though, that it's an immediately recognizable sil- um, silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. It also, though, looks like, I don't know, something almost out of War of the Worlds or Slender Man or something. It's so <laughs> Yeah, it's a, a little unearthly. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting. Um, yeah, so the movie starts off, we don't know what Bond's doing. Right. We're in media res. That's right. I want Ronson from my I Was There Too podcast. Oh, my God. To, that would be so I great. I love that. Just to have I want. I want a, uh, like a 10-minute short about Ronson and what happened in the 10 minutes before yes, that I movie know. starts. And there are other dead agents there. Yeah. But he seems to really care about Ronson. Yeah. 
I mean, who doesn't? That guy's great. Also, why is that information on that one laptop hard drive? Just the one? Yeah. That's a good question. Because well, movie? Because plot device, yeah. Why is the yeah. knock list because, on that one? Because MacGuffin. I didn't write many notes on this opening sequence because, you know, it's well recorded, my problem with the CG in this film. But yeah. it does not... How did you feel about it this time around? Still, I still, still think glaring for you? I still want to see that opening sequence cut where they get on the motorcycles and they cut right to the bridge because it's just <laughs> a bunch of wankery, I think. I... I uh, it's funny because I didn't notice it at all the first time I saw it in the theater and between then and now obviously I heard you do yeah. the podcast about it and point out the CG faces and it was all I could but see during also, that sequence. Nothing happens on the motorcycle. No, I just ride that's, on rooftops. I um yeah I I that's the one There's part no cause and effect. I suspend my disbelief a lot for any good action sequence and as well shot as that is like I just don't buy the let's take our my motorcycles across the roofs yeah. of the Turkish market. Bizarre. And it's not an uh, an opening sequence that's lacking for remarkable things. First of all, the little car chase in the bazaar and him getting out with that so little great. pistol machine gun. And then, of course, the backhoe thing, which is is incredible. Which it's leads so me to red flag problem number two of the movie. What? There, there, Bond is gone for how many months? Three months, right? Oh, do they say three or I think, I think do, they do? I think they, they say do something land a number like that. Three months, six months, whatever it is, eight months even. Um, it is not until he cuts into himself, pulling out the bullet fragments, that they decide to test the bullets rather than testing any of the 9,000 rounds he fired <laughs> he, uh, into everything yeah. in Turkey. <laughs> he was uh, he was uh, firing. I looked this up. I went Ample to the... I, I ran a Google search for uh, guns of uh, Skyfall. Sure. And there's a, there's a whole... There's a wiki page for every Bond movie. And not that I'm super... I, my knowledge of guns comes solely from my playing of uh, PUBG and Modern Warfare. Sure. But that said, uh, I appreciate... Uh, gun nerdery like that. Yeah. He, he's got it's got a hundred round magazine that when he pulls out that Glock the first time, yeah. that's a that's a hundred that rounds. Drum it's, magazine that's yep. incredible. So, needless to say, there's probably a couple of bullet fragments around. Yeah, in a in a in a, in a potato somewhere. Who is looking for the man who stole the list? Yep. Who has? Who's looking for the man who's you know tangentially re- responsible for the death of Ronson? Two other, I assume, double O's. Maybe they're just two other agents. Right. Yeah. And James Bond. Like, I feel like it would be the full force of MI6 investigation happening here. Yeah. Leading me to think, oh, well, obviously. Well, what you're discounting is that Spectre's behind this entire thing, as we learn in the next movie. And they could easily cover <laughs> yeah, Spectre's, that. Up. Spectre's got, like... 30 agents scattered throughout that bazaar cleaning up bullets yes. as they're plump the, like, like going Disneyland into things cleaning it's yeah. the, little broom it's the one guy that doesn't let his broom touch the ground he's a specter <laughs> yeah. agent from the guy from quantum also i don't know enough to know is a uranium depleted bullet does that mean it's been I depleted of its up. uranium and I so it's not radioactive up. does he have depleted uranium and I'm gonna get, the, I'm gonna get the details wrong on this. The most dense depleting uranium metal. casings itself is soft, but you, you can treat it through a classified process yeah. to make it harder than a titanium casing. It is usually used for armor piercing rounds because 
when you fire a titanium casing into armor, it flattens and mushrooms, uh-huh. whereas the depleted uranium casing uh, vaporizes. <gasps> it superheats and vaporizes, so it, the bullet re- or the sh- cartridge bullet, whatever, the bullet retains its shape, and when it goes through, that superheated uranium uh, sp- heats up and sparks and causes fire, in theory, in the tank or whatever heavy uh, thing you're looking at, which is why this particular flesh? site said... There, there's no reason why you would use de- depleted uranium casings on bullets that are being fired out of a handgun because you don't need to pierce armor with them, and they they try. I think it has something to do with like it's such a such a lower slower, right? yeah such a lower because it's so heavy. bullet speed. Because if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, short version is it, it's just a fancy cool thing to say in a movie, right? But I it has no that. actual purpose. If in like it does it doesn't hit you harder or cut you in correct half. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't depleted uranium one of the densest matters known to man? Isn't like a small one inch cube of depleted uranium super? Mi- duper I think heavy? that might be part of it. It's, it's that super yeah. duper. It could heavy. be part of it. Uh, the only part I remember reading was that you treat it, and you make it. It's, it becomes Which a lot I harder. Also, imagine picking up a hundred round magazine full of uranium. Mm. Not going to be a very easy gun to handle. Picking up a hundred ground magazine of anything. It's yeah. not going to be the accurate gun. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. on, movie. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Patrice can do it. I like this guy as a henchman, too. He's kind of like somehow ambiguous, but also distinct. And, yeah. He's got some kind of some interesting sort of graying color yeah. thing happening in yep. the short hair. Yeah. Can we talk Money Penny? Or excuse me, Agent sure. Eve. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really dig sassy Money Penny. Oh, I, yeah, I think sure. Naomi Harris. 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 Is great, has super great chemistry with Bond. That mm-hmm. while theoretically kind of sexual, especially in the, the Macau sequence, isn't really. Like I think they, they just got they a really do a good interesting job of updating their yeah um, yeah. Their, but it also leads us will to they, the age they? old question of the James Bond floating timeline. How so? This James Bond owns the Acid Martin. <laughs> That money penny was around to see. You're telling me there's two money pennies? What are you telling me? Wait, what? Tell me something. This James Bond, the James Bond that is in Skyfall, yeah. the character of James Bond. Do you think that this James Bond has gone through the previous 20 movies? No. You do not. No, I don't think they so. They clearly make that the case for Casino Royale. This is a reboot. No, I know, but there's so much and, downtime between. Oh, I, I think there's some. I think there's. I think he's gone through some, but I, I think, think there's theoretical downtime between Quantum and Skyfall. I don't think the Aston Martin has happened within that time frame. How does he have it? I no. think it. I thought they kind of establish it's a relic, like it's that they make some some jokes, sort of. I, I get the impression it's older than him. Oh, he always oh, off. He's oh, off geez. the stand. Wait a minute. He's he's pacing the room. About this before. No, this is meant to be in in many ways like the same Aston Martin he wins in Casino Royale. I know that there are technical difficulties about something about a driver's side and all that stuff, but that's like the Disagree. brakes on the plane. <laughs> I, I cannot it believe... It wouldn't have machine guns behind the headlights. No, but it wouldn't they, have I think an he took it into Q and said, now go to town on this. 
No. I, I it amazes not, me, yeah. frankly, no. Matt Myra, that a person that's this big a fan of a series like Star Trek could overthink details like this. <laughs> this is yeah. unlike you, sir, and it is beneath you. Yes. No. Just enjoy the movie. I don't want to overthink. <laughs> The movie to me is better the way I think of the movie. So you think he got a whole new Aston Martin? Yes. But what does this have to do with Money Penny? Okay. Because Money Penny is new. If you yeah, Money Penny is brand new to Skyfall James Bond. Yeah. But Money Penny is not brand new to a James Bond who has gone through Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yeah. But so my question to you is Daniel Craig's James Bond mm-hmm. in Skyfall. Did Daniel Craig's James Bond once stop a guy named Goldfinger no. at Fort Knox? No, I don't no. think so. I think, so do you think he has that ahead of him? Well, he doesn't have to either way. It doesn't have to be a world what? where Goldfinger exists. Oh, it does in my mind. Well, it could be. <laughs> it is in my mind. But I think there's an implication that between Quantum and Skyfall, he's done some missions and now he's aged himself Here's a bit. Here's the deal. Yeah. I mean, they play him so old and haggard in this movie. That they do. They play him as someone who's been through those 20 missions. Well, I don't know about 20, but yeah, a fair amount. Matt, I think you're going to get some some disagreements from our listeners. It's going to be some this. strongly the, worded uh, tweets. You know, because I'm not going on the strict number 20? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm not saying it's tw- I'm not saying it's those 20 missions. But I agree with you. I think he's had some history in between those films. Yeah. Do you think he has? I mean, it's the it's the messiness of like when you start to think about. But you should you don't have to think about it. They're not asking you to. But think I about like it. to think about. Okay. It. Can, can so, I distract from this argument that that doesn't seem to be going anywhere productive anytime soon with a with a gloft and then a question? Oh my! God. I don't even have, Do have a gloft. It's sort of a gloft. It's oh, not a huge let's gloft. Find out. But speaking of gun nerdery again, uh, when what they, are you, Boothroyd? Come on, doing that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's from the uh, what the first episode uh, with Paul. Yeah, it's the, it's the guy that wrote into Ian Fleming to tell. Oh him right, that yes, Bond the is letter. Letter. Oddly enough, it is relating to the Walter PPK. Great. In that, uh, when they're having the chase and they stop on the bridge, Money Penny comes at him from one side. Yeah, Bond she's comes, got a she's got a Walter PPK. PPK. Yeah, it's like standard issue. Must yes, be. I yeah. liked that touch. Yeah, me too. That was definite conscious Especially choice. Especially when they're touch. Uh, yeah, that that can be a um, that is a franchised gloff. You are licensed, gloffed, licensed to gloff, noted and approved, notarized. <laughs> Thank clean. you. It's a pagloft. Paul's Gorley's yeah. yes. Now thing to look out for. He, I just it's like Roos Chris. The only thing yes, that yes, just thinking. The only thing that um, the only thing that fuzzies my James Bond timeline that I keep in my own head is the money penny of it all. Otherwise, Why can't I'm just happy be for that the world she to comes exist. In, like, even if he does do 20 missions, she just happens to come in here. Mm, I think he's been with a money penny. And someone named Money Penny or another Well, secretary? that's where the, it gets confusing. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it gets confusing, Matthew. It's not confusing if it's a question that doesn't need answer. <laughs> You know, I'm sure there's at least one person out there who agrees with me. I'm sure there's somebody there's... that's got a, a Angel Fire page or <laughs> something all about it. But let's get back to this opening sequence. Oh, now here's my question. Yes. Uh, if, if you don't mind me jumping to the uh, the, the backhoe, uh, I forget what your opinion was on the cuff zhuzh. 
I love it. Love. I okay, good. Yeah. I mean, we're all in agreement. I love the cuff judge. That's know. how the Daniel Craig movies do humor well. Yep, and not with the one liners. Yep, I think. yeah. You know, Barbara, big fan of that moment. Also, that that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. What's the What's the over under on when you get Barbara on the podcast? I think never because she'll probably sue the pants off of us uh-huh. for a number of things, up to and including. The use of the trademark Don Jock 007 logo on our posters. Right. Also, the, the music to the theme zone. That's parody. It's we fair use. Parody. I guess. Wait, can you parody a melody and use it as a. I thought you had to. Uh, you could make it. <laughs> Why are we talking about this on mic? Yeah. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about copyright law a little more. Uh, okay. So. What else is going uh, on? Uh, that's, so that's our opening sequence, I think, yeah. to move on. Theme song. Yes. I adore this theme song. I do too. It's up there for me. We should also say that I just learned something new, that Skyfall was not the original title for this film. It was Nothing Is Forever, which mm. to me falls in that category of innocuous and vague, die another day, mm. tomorrow never dies, the world is not enough. World is not enough gets a pass because it's on the James Bond crest. Fair enough, but it, but it's still like if you look at the Fleming titles, they're very most often specific. You have certain ones like Live and Let Die, but mm-hmm. Moonraker, Doctor No, mm-hmm. Honor Majesty's Secret Service is is Thunderball, vague. yeah, Thunderball, and Skyfall falls in those things of like Skyfall is nothing else you've ever heard anywhere. Sky, and like I, I coming really at, like it coming at it from outside as a person who's never read the Fleming novels or anything like that. Skyfall's got that. I think this is what you're getting at. It sounds like it means something, but you're not quite sure what. Yeah. And it, but it, it it manages to pull it off. It's intriguing enough. Yeah. And what it ends up becoming, his ancestral home, but also a theme of the the world crashing down and the way Adele uses it in this yeah. song, I think is is yeah. great. And I will tell you exactly why this theme song is so great. Oh. Beyond the fact that it is using the same sort of rising and falling chord structure as the as the standard james yes. bond theme mm-hmm. it's the way she sings that specific uh, we will stand tall she's sort of between notes twice in there where they're kind of out of tune oh. but they are so perfectly out of tune oh wow i don't think that I've it sets a that. mood uh I, I i don't even know if i i'm describing it adequately but no, she just I, she, what she, she does that particular thing and she does it just right and it is perfect for bond and it's perfect for the mood of the movie and it just sounds awesome mm. and that's but it's like a, it's a skill like to to know how far you can bend a note without breaking it mm. and that she and she does it like in two that. notes in her like just from one note bent to another note bent and they're bent in different ways and it's it just I I fucking love 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 it. What's your take on the Sam Smith song "Writings on the Wall" for Spectre? It's a yawner for me. It just doesn't do yeah. much for me at all. It's it's trying to replicate that Adele. It's like well, Adele did a slow song, and uh, you know lyrics and Bond songs are always kind of banal, and yeah. including you know the the Skyfall lyrics are, are nothing to write home about. Except for nobody does it better. But well, except for nobody does it better. You're right. That that which is the only maybe the only theme song I like better than Skyfall. But actually. if you all, you guys should check out too Phil Nobile's write up about how the lyrics are really about M in that song, and it's an interesting way to mm-hmm. listen to it. Mm. It's, but, a, it's a birth movie's death. Yeah, Sky, really Skyfall good. manages to get the banality right, I think, in a way that a lot of them don't. And yeah, the Sam Smith thing just sort of. I, it, it sounds like a sort of bad photocopy of a photocopy of 
what Adele, I, what, I, what he thought Adele was trying completely to do. Agree. I completely I thought the Sam Smith song was lacking in many ways, and I cannot believe it won the Oscar. I can, I though, was, I yeah. can though, because I think Academy voters go, oh, a James Bond song. Yeah, Academy voters don't know what the yeah. hell they're voting for on music, so I... Uh, and all weird also, that they give out an award for that. Yeah. It'd well, be like if the Grammys gave out an award for best use of a song in a movie. <laughs> no, best movie. That's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Song. Right. Yeah, it'd be for, for best, monolo- best monologue in a movie that has a song in it. Best monologue. <laughs> I will also say, I was telling Matt this before we were recording, uh, that I want, went to watch Quantum. Oh, no, I guess I did say it during the recording. I watched Quantum before I watched this, which I had not seen all of before. And the opening sequence, not just the song, but that whole opening sequence is so much better than Quantum's. I can kind of give or take Casino Royale. I actually like that song better than I think either of you do. Uh, the Casino it, Royale song? Yeah. I like it. He loves it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've come around on it a little oh, but, bit but like the he has passed. But the opening credits, mm-hmm. they're all right, I guess. They, they kind of the, go... Uh, whole, oh, the, the whole card theme, theme oh, and the animation. Like it's nice, but yeah, you know, but I like... Uh, like Skyfall managed to get the, the feel of the old yes. you know, naked ladies writhing yeah. in silhouette, but still... <laughs> Michael G. Wilson yeah. during the commentary goes, "No, these ladies were good in the in the water too." What <laughs> meaning? What like I was like I, they could I went swim down. Well? He's like I went down there that day. I was. They said because the statement well, the following statement occurred. Daniel Craig goes into the water, and then Michael G. Wilson says, "Daniel's great in the water." <laughs> I, went, great in the I had to get certified to scuba dive, <laughs> to, and I went down there just to put on a mask and watch underwater when the ladies did their And thing. then the ladies are in the thing, and he's like, those ladies were great in the water, too. <laughs> did he say it kind of leeringly like that? A little that? bit. Like, he's like, I was, I was on set that day. And by in the water, I the mean... The amount of time, make- by the way, that these two... Michael and Barbara spend on set is oh, staggering. Bet. They're on set, I think, every day. Let me tell you, I kept that water at thirty-two <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so that was my favorite of the of the commentary, which I got probably uh, thirty minutes into. That was my favorite thing Michael G. Wilson said. Nope, scratch that. Uh oh. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. Okay. Well, I the, had the, a great time. The the opening titles themselves visually. With that song. Yeah. What an impact. And you're right, though. They do... There are scenes where, like, a girl is pointing a gun at the camera, and you just see her face. And I, at times, could be like, oh, am I in a Maurice Binder title sequence right now? They yeah. really yeah, harken definitely back. was Binder-ish. And it's yeah. also beautiful how much of the movie is worked into the titles. Yeah. Yep. When yep. you're yep. watching it, it's just nonsense. And somehow without giving it away, though, too. No, it's yeah. crazy. Right. So and when then, you first see the movie, you have no idea what those images mean. But it's then like on the repeat mission, viewing, it's, it's like yeah. the Mission Impossible movies in that way. Right. I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Are you against your religion? Well, I just haven't seen anything post uh, the third one. Ah, that's right. We talked about this last. Oh, week. Oh yeah, yeah, I was just listening the to that and on the plane and here. Apparently, you're, the best. You're, yeah, you're yeah. missing the two best ones. Yeah, that's true. I Do know. yourself a treat. Although three's quite good. Three gets three. I, mean, I enjoyed quite a bit. Three gets undersold. Seymour Hoffman, who yeah. never got to be a Bond villain. Yeah. Oh. Um. So yeah, let's keep going because Matt's already yawning. <laughs> well, no, that's old, not, old man Gorley's already I, I yawn fallen all day. Every oh, that's day. right. <laughs> yeah, that's all I do. Uh, um, how wonderfully British 
is Ray Fiennes. God, he's great. In this oh, whole movie, but especially so in the opening where he's so sticking his gut out a little to make him look more schlumpy. I, no, oh, I guess does. I do have a gloft. Oh, okay. I didn't realize this because when he first stands up and M's in his office and he does his arms akimbo, yep. kind of thing, I didn't realize that he, I'm going to go off mic for this, but he doesn't just do arms akimbo. He first sticks his thumb in the waistband of his pants and then hangs his, his <laughs> on his thumbs. His thumbs are hooked well, into his pants. I, I have to believe that we talked about his posture last time out, and uh, it stands. Uh, best posture in any James Bond movie. Hands down. Ray Fiennes, yeah. looking great. Barbara loves the color of his suits. Mm-hmm. How they match his eyes. Yeah. Well, he's wearing all blue at one point. Blue tie, blue shirt, blue yeah. suit. He's yeah. almost always wearing blue. I wonder, I would yeah. like to hear the costume design. Are, are his eyes blue? There's a little bit of a discussion yeah. of that. I'm sure yeah. that has something to do with Barbara's it. Barbara's yeah. big fan. Yeah. Big fan of Daniel Craig's blue eyes. Well, who well, isn't? Those aren't even blue eyes. Those are like their own new color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Craig blue. Yeah. Craig blue. Craig blue. The and clue. They Bleg. Bleg. Yeah, that's better. Talk about the uh the scene at the beach. I never was fully bothered by the CG Scorpion until this viewing. Is it CG? Oh, you do. I missed that. Yeah, I'm just wondering if I have some I was, kind of sensitivity to that. No, I, I just I wasn't watching it so closely because I was busy writing a note about just playing a game of, of drink scorpion with the boys. <laughs> Another night. Cribbage or drink scorpion. By the way, what is that game supposed to be? Drink it without getting drink it without getting stung in the face. And people bet on you. And people bet whether you'll do it, yeah. And then do you are you supposed to Are you supposed to trap trap it into the under the Well, according to the league rules of Drink Scorpion, Uh uh, I believe you have ten seconds from the time the scorpion hits the wrist to the time it has to be underneath the glass. But isn't it incredible that I think that part of the, the two things that give that CG away, it's not the scorpion itself. It's A, the shadow doesn't look good. But uh-huh. also you can, even a scorpion like that wouldn't weigh so little, but you can still tell with the movement of his hand that there's that he's nothing got, on it's there. Like, it's like, like watching thing. somebody drink from an empty exactly, coffee cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's bothersome. Even in, um, I was watching Stranger Things too, and they went to the trouble to make vintage tin cans. It's like, couldn't you put some liquid in there? You can tell people are holding nothing. Oh. You know. Mm. It just doesn't look, the weight doesn't look right to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as someone who played a trash can at Disney. I didn't play a trash can at Disney. I was a trash can at Disney. <laughs> Your uh, candar is yeah, it's off true. the charts. It's true. And then what, we also candor. have, um, I, my notes say, uh, random, tur- random Turkish sex lady. Random yeah. Turkish sex lady. Uh-huh. I never realized she was nude. For yeah. some reason, I caught it this time. I, I noticed this especially when I looked over and realized my daughter was doing homework next to me, my <laughs> 15-year-old daughter. Did you uh, say, honey, come here, take a look at this man's chest? It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Look no, although eyes. she did, she, she make, made a good comment uh, coming up in a little bit, actually, which Great. we'll get to. Oh. Can't wait. She otherwise really wasn't She probably was way. just most enjoyed the Wolf Blitzer cameo. <laughs> well, who doesn't? She's in it for the wolf. Uh, wolf man. In it for the blitz. Powerful uh, scene. With Judy Dench and Ray Fine. Oh God, how great do they make just this two people sitting in chairs? About. I know, but the way they're sitting, he's sitting full on straight at her, and she's got like like she's riding side saddle on a horse. Mm-hmm. It's framed it's, so beautifully. It's so yeah. good. So Thank good. you, Richard 
Robert Richard Roger Rafe, Robert Rafe Deacons. Deacons. Roger Daltrey R. Deeks. The, this movie the scene, the dialogue is so good. This movie, uh I was gonna mention this later, but let's talk about it now. This movie is rife with Rafe. top it's ripe with rife with Rafe. But it is rife with top notch British stage actors. Mm-hmm. Sam Mendes, that's why. Judy well, Dench, Rafe Fines, yeah. uh uh Rory Kinnear, yeah. who plays yeah. uh Tanner, Tan- no. uh, Ben Wishaw. Uh huh. Uh, did, was I guess real famous for his is Hamlet? He Tanner, for, who or is he? Tanner's Rory. He plays Tanner. Rory, yeah, not Robinson. No, he's Tanner. Okay, yeah, Rory but because there's a few. Like, he was in Quantum of Solace, and Sam Mendes boosted his whole presence in these films just because he had worked with them so much in theater, yeah. and also because he's great. I love Tanner. Yeah, well, the character of Tanner, you know, which is a character that has appeared previously in your James Bond. Uh, things uh in the brosnan era. in the brosnan era there was some tanner action oh yeah tanner so action. i've always enjoyed tanner <laughs> yeah he's a I, I really hope rory kinnear owns a t-shirt that just says tanner action on it <laughs> he's a favorite but the tanner and the brosnans i love because he's just i love him just, he's just he's like, just so over it middle-aged divorce yeah man uh, he probably wants James but, to tell him about his latest conquest. But uh, to, to get back to it, like I think that's one of the reasons this movie succeeds so well for me, even when I don't like a lot of the details. Is these like great freaking actors just sell there and make you believe action set pieces, make you yeah. believe what you're watching. Say, there's only fourteen to twenty three British actors. That's true. Uh, yeah. Not counting everyone on East Enders. Right. That would then expand it to 55 British actors. <laughs> right. So it's just good to see everybody again. It is yeah. true. <laughs> true. This was everybody that wasn't working on Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean or a Harry Potter or and at the yet, time. The Grouse. only people that recur in Bond movies as different characters are Americans like Joe Don Baker and Shane Rimmer. It's crazy. That is so weird. It's so crazy. I guess Charles Gray, he's British. Sure. But, um, and he has that fake leg, right? It's a fake leg. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this scene with with M and Ray Fiennes, just these two person dialogue scenes. The mm-hmm. scene with his um, psychologist, right? Interior, the word association is so good. The scene with Money Penny when they're shaving. The scene with Silva. The scene with um, the scenes with us. Uh, Severine is Severine it? is one of my favorites in a lot of Bond movies. I love that scene uh, uh, at the bar. Yeah, yep. these just these two person scenes are written yep. so well. That's and I'm dying to know who's writing these scenes because uh, they all fit. But I I gotta think we gotta give credit to Sam Mendes and whoever his casting directors were to get people yeah. who had chops. I mean, yeah. you know, to to have you know the the what amounts to the secondary Bond girl have as good chops as that actress whose name escaped She has... Berenice Marlowe. She has yes. great acting chops, except for one moment in this movie. Hmm. It's when he asks to see her employer. She gets a little too shaky. Little, the yeah, the, the cigarette gets a, a little, little too shaky for my tastes. Maybe. I think they could have, you think they could have shaved that down 34%. in the CG and Maybe post. Maybe that's because the, many of these people come from theater and they got to be seen from yeah. the back oh, yeah. of the you house. Know what? You know what? I accept that answer. Ding, ding, Done. Ding, ding, ding. They got to see it in the back of the old Vic. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that Bond does surgery on himself with a fucking pocket knife. <laughs> well, I mean, presumably, if he's going to do this, he I could think get a scalpel. He probably spit on it first. I fair. know. You know what? I think he just was so annoyed at how slow everything was moving and was just pissed mm-hmm. off that no one had tested the 900 bullets that were shot <laughs> They're around. They're probably him. in the room next door, just a huge pile of them. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bin label, labeled to be tested. Yeah. Uh, 
so that I think he just he just so frustrated. I liked it. Oh, I also speaking of his wardrobe, I even like his little sort of workout sweats. Oh, yeah, from I this whole sure. I have those shoes. Suit. I have those sneakers. Oh, I want the gazelles. Suit. The gazelle twos. Uh, thanks again to James Bond Lifestyle for letting me know what James is wearing at every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, before that, when, when MI6 explodes, mm-hmm. my daughter's one comment, I didn't even know she was really paying that much attention. She looks up after that. She says, you know, this looks like a real expensive movie, but that explosion just looked like that app you have on your iPhone. It's interesting because I noticed that this time too, but when I first saw it, thought it was impressive. And that just goes to show how even five time, years out, yeah. Yeah. these things, your eye gets trained Because uh, I got to tell you, Michael G. Wilson thought they did a great job with that explosion. It's, I personally laid the... Um, <laughs> the charges. Well, the sort of digital dynamite <laughs> that allowed them to do this. And then my cameo is in that scene. If you look, I'm up at the top of the building. I've got some pigeon friends up there. You can see there. me waving. I'm keeping pigeons. The way Barbara says, met, comments on Michael's cameo in this movie is delightful. Like It's like real sibling-like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, that is fucking cameo. She's like, cameo. there's your cameo, Michael. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm doing all the work. <laughs> oh, I have two more notes from the whole MI6 training thing. The First Michael of all, should be like, I wrote five of these while you were a baby. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you notice really quickly, sorry, oh, that, sure. that in the end in M's office, the main picture above behind is him MI6? is MI6, like an abstract, beautiful oh, painting really? of the old MI6 that just blew up. Didn't I notice never that caught that before. Yeah. Yeah. There's awesome. a loft, second loft. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I uh, I love uh, Ray Fine's read on "Don't cock it up." Don't yeah. Don't, don't cock, cock it up. Cock that, it up. That, and it was and it was too. the perfect line again about the dialogue. That's the perfect line for him to say to give you a sense that he's kind of cool without going over the top yeah. on it. Yeah. And, but I, I love. Sorry, I'm late. The PM does prattle on in a crisis. <laughs> does prattle on in a crisis. Uh, this is the first time, by the way, that I've ever seen a James Bond movie and went, I don't want to be Bond as much as I want to age into M. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that was partially my age, too, but he made M look cool to me. Yeah. Just falling in love with that that Ray Fiennes yeah. as yeah. M situation. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. And I Judy hope. Dench, having 17 years... She was M for 17 of the 50 years of James Bond. Uh, oh, so how long was Bernard Lee M? He was M until Moonraker. So 62 to 79. Nine. That is 17, 17 years, years also. Wow. That would seem to be the tenure for M. Well, Rafe, let's see. Buckle if you up, get... Rafe. Yep. Let's keep that posture. At this, at this at pace, you got perfect. one. You got one more movie in you. But what if he's like he's doing it when he's eighty? His posture is not going to be anything like that. <laughs> you don't know that. I you haven't that. stood like that for any length of time. No, that's what I'm no saying. One I can't. Uh, can't. The suspenders even... too look like they're just pulling him back to yeah. just the right. Yeah, just the right when angle. He does that posture? You know, it's giving him like his own self indulgent wedgie. <laughs> <laughs> just get a little bit more up there. <laughs> There's a really great show here at Earwolf. It's called Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. You might know Gilbert Gottfried from things like Beverly Hills Cop 2, Problem Child. I know him as a frequent guest on the old Stern show. Well, he's also an incredibly talented and respected stand-up. If you ever listen to Howard Stern, like Matt just said, you'll know Gilbert was one of Howard's favorite guests. 
Gilbert brings celebrities like Weird Al, Judd Apatow, and Ira Glass onto his podcast to talk about show business, legends, old horror movies, folklore, dirty jokes, and stories from the road. There's also a documentary called Gilbert, all about his life, and it's in select theaters now. Check out new episodes of Gilbert Godfrey's Amazing Colossal Podcast every Monday, wherever you listen, like Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Eelwolf.com. Werewolf? Earwolf? I said uh, it weird, but you know where you're listening. Earwolf. Man and man, man and man, he's I enjoyed so much about this movie. I mm-hmm. really find the physical tasks that Bond is doing as part of the um, tests to be reactivated. I find them to be, he, I just, you don't, I didn't notice until this viewing of how beat he is Yeah, yeah. while he's doing them. Well, when he's, when, when he, he shows, drops. when he shows up in M's apartment, yeah. they particularly have him made up yeah. and lit to look about as gaunt, and he, yeah. it looks like Skeletor in that yeah. scene. He really does. <laughs> the, he might as that, well have just been carrying a spotlight underneath fuck, his chin. The line from M, they run out of drink where you were. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, you're bloody well not staying here, too. Yeah. Like, (laughs) that's insult to injury. I also was thinking, like, remember she's in that super modern apartment in Casino Royale? Yeah, she moves into John Barry's apartment. Well, it's got to be because she also mentioned her late husband. So her husband dies, and he's probably this big modern head, and she's like, I'm getting back to Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, like he he died somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. Yeah. Because was it in Casino Royale where you see her in bed with some Yeah, yeah. And and when they go to her Her apartment, you get to see her bathroom in Quantum of Solace, and it's more in the modern line, I think, Mm. too. Uh, I do love that beat. We and, sold all your stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, well, we sold your apartment and put your stuff into storage. You should have called. <laughs> it's great. It's a great, it's a great, Thanks, like, mom. beat. I, I enjoyed that yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, the only other note I have for the MI6 is the, the that sequence is where they're, he's, he's identifying, like, they pull up the three people who yeah. use depleted uranium rounds right. yeah. uh, in their Glock. And when he's identifying Patrice, he taps on the screen yeah. a couple of times, yeah. and it just bug. I just, well, the whole no, laptop. No, don't just do that! Like, I gotta clean that now. Pick it, pick it, pick it. Oh, that's what got you. I, yeah. <laughs> I noticed this too. That I didn't catch this last time. That they say the CIA let us like they're they're on to him for this Yemeni ambassador assassination. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna get him, but they're just giving him this information that that's where he's gonna be. So presumably the CIA just went. Well, let's let this guy kill him because. You'd think if the CIA is telling you that they know he's going to be there at this point, why don't they intercept him? Why does Bond get the luxury of going after him? Is it the CIA mm-hmm. saying, oh, we know you need this information, we'll give it you that also favor? It could also be, we're not doing great with China right now, so uh, you want to go in there, go yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kills the... The assassination is of a former MI6 head, Right. Because that is the person in the photograph with Judy Dench. Whoa! I don't th- wait a minute. I don't think so. I put that's this the other guy that ran guy Station that, H with M. The guy that, that gets killed the painting? looking at the painting. Yes. That wait, is a, where? Where? So where do they? That say is that? a Matt's lookout for this. Yeah. Big plot point. Uh, <laughs> I'm loft. So the photo of Judy Dench that talks says right, think on your sins right. right so they bring she brings up the original photo and the original photo has that man standing next to her he has a red x Holy over his shit. face 
Mm. Because he has been killed. Oh, I never noticed that. Wow. So he's okay. the guy that gets shot in the back of the head. I need to Otherwise, this. why else why else is Silva killing that random person? Yeah. For the question. painting? I don't know. No. So well, what is the it ruse all finally that they got him there for? Does that to buy that painting? That guy really does want to buy that yeah, painting. He wants to buy the okay. art. Oh, wait, okay. Oh, I I'm sorry. I was I was missing it a little bit there. So you're saying the guy that got killed in in Shanghai. Shanghai that was is assassinated. That, wow, I never is the other made, guy. In that I assumed photo. that was just kind of an assassination. Too, no, yeah. but it doesn't make sense. Me He's too. not into that. He's toppling governments. He's yeah. rigging yeah, elections. Yeah, I, I just took it as a we don't know what's going on uh, that here. Was a but pure, that was a pure revenge. Good, good. That was catch. a pure. Okay, I'm be well, the last all right. Good catch. Uh, uh, can we specifically can we matt myra yeah. you and i talk about bond's overcoat when he's going into the museum to meet q okay that's perfect yeah is, sure is I'm this take a walther PPK. is this all is he all tom ford in no nah, he's movie? not all tom ford uh so that overcoat i believe is tom ford when he switches to the pea coat in shanghai that's an american company billy reed okay that was originally daniel craig's pea coat and he said, as in he owned it, and as in he said, hey, he wore it to set coat. one day. Yep. Uh, the top, I believe, the top coat that he wears to the museum is a Tom Ford top. That coat. sort of half length, yeah, top coat. I just I fell in love with it watching him walk up those steps. You know, I I, I cannot sing the good graces enough of the half length top coat. You know, and I it, and it's something I wore a lot back in the back in the. In the early aughts, when I worked in a funeral home for four years, <laughs> I was a, in Massachusetts, where it uh-huh. can be cold. It can. I was a big fan of a top coat. Yeah. It just kept my bum warm. Mm-hmm. And really just let me be there to help everybody out <laughs> through this trying time. Uh, the But the two coats in this movie, my favorite coats, I own both of them. The Billy Reed pea coat mm-hmm. and the barber shooting jacket. That he has in in uh, Scotland. Oh right, that green jacket that he is right. easy to keep shotgun right, right, shells right. in. Oh, that coat. By the way, if you want to buy the, I have the version, not the limited edition that they made. That Bond is actually wearing in there. They then sort of remade that coat and called it the Commander B. Okay, so it's the Commander Bond coat. Yeah, yeah. But the original quote of that is from a Japanese designer, and that coat costs if you're to buy it aftermarket now it's like two to four thousand dollars for hmm. that coat jeez welcome back man it's expensive welcome coat. back to coat talk that's <laughs> <laughs> i want to give a report on q's hands now i know that uh this is not desmond llewellyn so uh it's with ben, ben wishaw's hands he's a golden eye minus 23 <laughs> golden eye minus doll hands three He's got little porcelain doll hands. Yeah, that's just to say how big Desmond Llewellyn's hands they were, are. There were some big mitts, and yet you're right. And it's not like Ben Wishaw has petite, tiny hands. Mm-hmm. They're fair, fair sized hands. Um, where we are we up to? Does anyone want to say anything about like his uh, palm print identifiable Walther PPK? Uh, a gun and a radio. Gun and a radio. Beautiful, beautiful dialogue. Not exactly Christmas. Yeah. Gun and a radio. That is that is a, another bits. scene. The dialogue is really good. Yep. Do you? Yeah, that is good. It's but it's a little. And now I don't know whose problem this is. This whole symbolism, allegory, 
discussion that it, happens this is, here. This scene is a little written of all of yeah. them. This one is a little... The most written yeah. is Silva's first appearance. Ugh. Yes, but you could I mean, almost make the case that he's rehearsed that. Yeah, I like to imagine he's scribbling that. He's hurriedly yeah. scribbling uh, changes to or that I, in, the, in the elevator down. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. This between one, between though, dress and, and the final airing of that, he had yes. some... Uh, uh, Lorne Michaels had some notes for... Yeah. I mean, he certainly planned a lot of things. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him to have rehearsed his dialogue. But the two-person exchange between Bond and... Like the um, youth is no. You still have spots. No guarantee of efficiency. Yeah, you know, it is. Sometimes a trigger needs to be pulled. A lot of great lines in it. Yeah, but, but it, it is, is very written. Yeah. yeah. Less of a random killing machine, more of a personal statement. Yeah. Ignominious machine hauled out to scrap. Mm-hmm. He knows it all because he's done it. I mm-hmm. have been in that scene. Yeah. Ah. Worth checking out. Where can people find that? Is that on YouTube? I think it's on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Matt Myra, Skyfall. Who's in it Look with it you? Up. It's me. It's that we did the whole thing they used to do for the MTV Movie Awards, where we like oh, okay. we greened out right Ben Wishaw. So it's me and Daniel Craig. Okay, I'm trying to sell them on my new invention of pajama lamps. <laughs> it's seamlessly done though. It's it is incredible. really. We did a really fantastic job with it. Adam Jenkins, graphics guy of uh, Attack of the Show. Great job, buddy. So we go to Shanghai. Anything else before we go there? No, I'm good. Your I fav- is oh, oh go ahead. I was gonna say, your, is your favorite scene in this movie visually that fight at the top at shanghai yeah yeah, i mean it's certainly up there i i think i visually one of my favorite things in this movie is him floating into the macau casino i think that's gorgeous but yeah that silhouette fight is now i would love to know if that is a thing that actually i doubt it but i'm sure it it does not but it sure does look pretty great (laughs) here's what i want to know that that fight, that silhouette fight, was so expertly choreographed, and so it, like it's basically a dance between the two of them yeah. because it's done in silhouette. And so, yeah, and, and I want to know if you were to get Oliver Pace and Daniel Craig together right now, oh, if they could how do much it, they could do that. And how do much I sort of have speed it? Yeah. I have some emergency James Bond uh, eBay news. Okay. Bidding ends November fourth. But you have the chance to own Rafe Fiennes' car from Spectre, the Jaguar XJ 2.7 Sport Premium Automatic. It is a film prop car from the film. Now, it was used in the filming and production of the 2015 James Bond film Spectre. Four were destroyed while filming when they were completing the shot of the... Uh, the tunnel sequence? Yes. The fifth Jaguar was kitted out with a number of external cameras with rolling blah, 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 blah. Hero 1 was mainly used for filming inside the vehicle. This is vehicle Hero 1. Mm. Does it have a uh, Hero 1 license plate? <laughs> I wish it did. Ecto 1. Uh, comprehensive service history. So here's the deal on this thing right now. All right. Hit you me. could own this. It's got 144,000 miles How? on it. I don't know. <laughs> it was a long tunnel. Some must have been owned since. I think it was owned since. But you could own this car for a mere 9,100 pounds. That's so what, it's what, starting like at a bidding? 18? No, it's, it's 41 bids in right now. $12,000. Okay. What? $12,000 right now. That's the going price. And is it, I assume it is over in... It is over. Great Britain somewhere? 
In, it is in Great Britain. You'd have to have it shipped out, but you can ship a car across the pond, no problem. That's not a thing that anyone has never done before. Uh, and uh, tell you what, frankly, if if you buy it, Matt, get it shipped to New York. I will drive it from New York <laughs> to Los Angeles for you. It does say Hero One. It, it says Hero One. Come on! Oh my God! So what is that? Tw- about twelve thousand dollars, or it's twelve thousand dollars right now. And it's the one that Ray Fiennes drove Daniel Craig around in. $12,000 for a Jaguar? And by the way, well, bidding ends November 4th, so this podcast will have ended. This podcast will come out after that has ended. Are you the so we've winner? Got the edge. Listener? Is it you? If you won this car, please talk to us. Tell us about it. Give yeah. Matt and Matt a ride. And give us a ride. Well, speaking of... Should I buy it? Do you, I mean that'd be weird, right? Jaguars are notorious for not holding up well into their mileage <sighs> lifespans. Man, right? we are just. I've, I, this is the second James Bond car I haven't been able to buy because this guy's <laughs> like telling me no. <laughs> I'm not telling you no. I'm telling you. How much would it be all said and done to ship it over here? You're probably twenty grand. You right? could gotta, ship it over, I think, for probably twenty five hundred bucks. You've got to do something here. with all that sweet, sweet talking track money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the. Sp- Specter thing almost brings it down because it's like if I want to buy a Bond thing, I want it to be a movie like more significant. You know, I don't know. You can own the cab to I the truck say, that gets does the wheelie. Oh, now see, now we're talking. I did really like the uh, Jaguar that M Judy Dench is chauffeured around in, in this, this one? movie. Yeah, I want those blue lights. Don't you the grill. recognize the car? Uh, don't you recognize the car? I love that line. Speaking of M, Gareth Mallory, they talk about his work in the field as a younger man, that he mm-hmm. was fighting the IRA. Mm-hmm. I want to see a movie about that. I want a spinoff movie. That would be pretty badass. Who played would play, by, who played would play by, like, It would have been shot in the 90s. Yeah. Like Schindler's List age. Oh, Ray wow. Fiennes. Yeah, that would be something. Damn, now you got me thinking. Yeah. Uh, so Shanghai. Yeah. Uh... I I wish a piece of me really wishes while he was swimming in that rooftop pool on the top of the skyscraper that they pan over and there's an obnoxious American family of four <laughs> splashing around in one end just ruining the shot. <laughs> I really wish that happened. <laughs> I feel like that would have been the most costly scene to film. That like, to clear that pool out. I feel yeah, like it cost so much money. Although they did say Barbara did say. Uh, remember all the traffic from this scene? And she's talking about the scene on the bridge where Judy Dench is, pop- is stopping. She's like, we had to stop traffic in both directions. People were not happy. Oh, my God. <laughs> then we blew up MI6. People were fine with that. So one thing that screwed with... You're still scrolling this. You really want this car, don't you? No, no, no. I'm looking at Sky Falls. Okay. Uh, one thing that took me out of it a little bit, and it's probably just me, uh, when he goes to... Find Patrice at the airport, and you cut to the fact that he is already following him. That he, that Bond just knew where to park his car, that it wouldn't oh. get towed, and that he could get right behind whatever cab Patrice right. got into. Like that, like I've, I've parked at enough airports. Yeah. You don't know how the Shanghai airport traffic goes. When does Patrice know he's on to him? Because obviously, the minute. Bond jumps on the elevator. You see Patrice look down and kind of give a real dozy dozen look. I personally no. didn't think he knew until I, it seemed Agreed. to me like he heard 
Bond coming in after the shot. Like, I don't think he really knew Bond was there until after the shot. I mean, he looks. Yeah, he looks. He's a beautiful shot of all the reflections in the various windows. Yeah. He looks in the elevator and he looks when he's about to fire. Yeah. So I mean, when he looked when he was about to fire, I thought he heard something, but I guess the reflection because Bond had the door at 45 degrees or whatever. Right. Yeah, uh, that stuff. that is one thing that I even the first time, the second time, third time, I'm still I can't. I don't out the think geography. I don't I think, think you're he supposed knows. to. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think. Yeah, I th- but that and that whole floor must have been such a nightmare to shoot. Even the even the imagine. ground floor of that uh, uh, skyscraper has a ton of reflective surfaces yeah. everywhere. I know that Roger Deakins. You wonder man. how much they had to CG out of just lights and right. reflections of the camera, and oh. right. I thought about that too when they're shooting the scene with the psychologist giving him the word association. Yeah, they clearly, if you look, like the mirror would remove and they would shoot through the mirror. But there's mm-hmm. also a wall section that you can see is separate from the main wall that they yep. would probably remove for the opposite yep. coverage. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't mm. think about that. Did your CGI dar go off? It wasn't CGI. Oh, you mean, well, they would have had to have, like, CG'd it in the mirror? Yeah. No, I, I that type of CGI is usually pretty seamless. I think it's The worst like, CGI in this movie, you think, is the... Um, the rooftop? The rooftop motorcycle. I don't know line. that it's the worst job. I think the scorpion I think and they the did, face, first uh, of all, Silva's face at times... For the record, not, I have to say, you guys all did a way better job than the three of us ever could. Yeah. Special effects team on oh, Skyfall. Course. That goes without saying. Big thumbs up. But that that does... Here's my problem. Yeah. I think the worst CG in the movie is the breath. That's not At great. the end of yeah. Skyfall. But it just it goes to the, the bigger point of don't put CG in a Bond movie when you can help it. Yeah. I think even a practical Scorpion would have been better than... That CG, and I'm not saying a, a real one. That's even my, like one of my favorite uh, children's stand, books, the the, the, the practical, practical scorpion. scorpion. I love that Nicole Kidman movie, the Practical Scorpion. <laughs> yeah. Practical magic. Uh, um, uh, what have I got here? Uh, yeah, the, so the fight. I, looking back on it, I mean it's it's well choreographed, but it is not like I remembered it being a lot more visceral. Yeah. the first time through than than looking back on it, I think you know it. I forgive a lot of it because it's done in one take. Right. Um, and I applaud them for it. Although, again, because it's so much of it is in silhouette, I wonder how much of it was Daniel Craig and that actor versus stunt dudes. I have a feeling it is. It looks like them. Um, but yeah, it's not as it's not one of my favorite fight sequences. Mm. I mean, that said, I've just watched John Wick 2 for the second time. And I'm getting as much as I love. I mean, I love John Wick and their dedication to practical stunts and all of that. But I'm getting real tired, especially in John Wick Two. He has sort of three moves know, that he that tends to re- like. If he if he pulls one more guy down on the ground, shoots some other guys, and then shoots that guy in the head again, uh, it, it will be too soon. I loved John Wick. I got bored during the second one because it was so repetitive and felt like I was watching a video game. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, yeah, it was. It wasn't the most stellarly choreographed fight to me. I like. I found the um, like the the fight on the train in the opening sequence a lot more mm. interesting and visceral to me. Yeah, but still, I mean, come on, that's like that's Roger Deakins. Excuse me, Richard uh, Roebling Deakins going for his <laughs> Our Oscar. Our Deakins going for his Oscar right yeah. there in that and scene. Should have gotten it. Should've like the muzzle flash. Has he still faces? He's probably. I bet you he wins for Blade Runner. Has he still never won? No, that's crazy to me. You know what? Is. I'm going to give him one. 
I'll, okay. I'll pitch. Thanks, why, Matt. Why does Sam Smith have one before him? I know. I know. Three Six Mafia has one before him. Well, that I get. Okay, true. I mean, eight mile. So then it's off to Macau. Oh, the only, the only other thing I have to say, another personal like thing that oogs me out in movies, is when people lie down on broken glass. And there's a lot of that in that scene, like when, when, he, oh, yeah. when he falls out the window yeah, and both, Bond is laying yeah. down. Like, oh, he's going to cut himself all over the place. Like, that's one of my phobias is to uh, step on yeah, broken glass barefoot. Coat, you're fine. I suppose that's true. He is wearing it's that coat thick, still. <laughs> it's a thick coat. Uh, that always messes me up. And then they're off I to... I glass often in that coat. And then they're off to Macau. I love the casino sequence here. It's Macau. Bond in a casino. Yeah. He doesn't play. He. Does, I was going to say, that. how much does that bother you that he doesn't actually well, play anything? Well, I suppose anything? this Bond has played so much casino gambling. That's true. Via... Casino Royal. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't, but he does at the end give the money to Money Penny to put on red, which she obviously loses because the I, state of her affairs inspector is she's just living in a kind of standard apartment. I she, did not imagine that he actually put it they actually You, you think she gave it back? I think she the, gave it to the gov- British government. Uh, yeah, maybe. Classic but, her. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have told on her. But again, but again, speaking of one, one take uh, of Warner's, that yeah. whole walk into, like, it's not as showy of a show. I mean, it's kind of showy, but not nearly as oh, ostentatious. Yeah, exactly. But that Maybe whole walk in where that. they're having that whole conversation via the radio is right, all yeah. one take. Until- Which is funny because he did the most obvious one take shot in Spectre, that whole opening yeah. sequence. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it was well choreographed, well written. Yeah. Komodo Dragons. Komodo Dragons. Well, that's the best CG in the film. The, the dragons themselves? They look decent. Are yeah. they so deadly? I guess so, yeah. I don't yeah. think they're deadly. Uh, they'll injure you. I remember Sharon Stone's husband. Do you remember that whole news story where, like, for what? his birthday, they took, they went to a what? zoo and they got, to, he's a, he loved, this is, again, I'm mangling the details, but Sharon Stone's husband, some wealthy dude, I believe, that loved tracks. Komodo dragons. They went to a zoo for his birthday and he got to be in a room with Komodo dragon <laughs> and it ended up biting him in the foot. And I think he lost a toe. Oh, well. Did you ever see the Planet Earth where the Komodo dragons like track a yak for days and mm. then they take it down? Those things are vicious. I know their bite like the like Strong it's very infec- infectious. Like I'm oh yeah, it's like they've got a like filthy mouths, but it's intentional. Like they're evolved that way yeah. so that if they get one bite and the, yeah. the, the bite's gonna Komodo get dragons, infected and die. Like, Fuck you. Yeah, Other- they're always eating fucking Cheetos and filthy mouth. <laughs> Fuck you. Other 007 in real life that we have to mention real quick is that, did you hear that Paul Manafort's password to his email was Bond Bond 007? What a dick. (laughs) Which is hilarious. Oh, uh, near the end of that Macau sequence, like after he comes up and gives her the money and is walking away, and you hear a couple little plaintive wails of that guy that's been taken away. I love that little touch, that sort of Wilhelm screamy little, "Ah, yeah. Have they used the Wilhelm screen in Bond? They have not. I'm aware of Tarzan yell, but no. Sure. Wilhelm screen. Is there more to talk about about the the Severin scene? Because it is, I don't know, it's really good. I mean, it's another in the long line of this movie having great dialogue scenes. It's also literal dialogue. Two people. Is this the first time you see someone smoking again? Because smoking went out of movies for so long, but. Is does the chief smoke? No. Does I feel like some does Bond smoke anywhere? 
he smoked Daniel Timothy Craig, Dalton Bond smokes. Yeah. Brosnan Bond smokes cigars. And not but not even that much, barely. Just in uh just and when Craig he smokes doesn't. the Delectados. <laughs> we have not had Delectados here for thirty years. I can't think of anyone smoking in the first two Craig. Oh. Well, hmm. we don't need to think about it for a yeah. long time. We'll look it up on the uh What the, we do uh, need to think about is whether or not this money penny was around during Goldfinger. <laughs> No, when you boy. say we. <laughs> uh, and I also didn't understand the line, put it all on red circle of life. Like that was his line, his, his button on that. I think he's talking about the circle of life. Those those dragons getting eaten. And all, the, guess, all the chips having dragons. On. Or maybe just that easy come to him, easy go. I guess. Out, I, I don't guess. know. I don't know the chips. Not, not a great button. Uh, yeah. You know, what's interesting is the first chapter of Casino Royale, I suppose I say that right when I'm talking about the book. Casino Royale. Oh, God. Oh, don't tease me like that. The first chapter, Ian Fleming explains his James Bond's roulette strategy. Yes. And uh, I feel like, I don't think he ever said put it on red. What was his he would, he would split the board. He would play the first 12 numbers and the last 12 numbers. He would always be betting same amount on both because they pay three to one. So he had most of the board covered. And then he would move on to odd even. And then hmm. black red, I guess he would do. Hmm. Anyway. Well, that was, I, that would have been an, a long sentence for him to say as he's walking out. Of I think if he handed yeah, it to her and said split the 12s. And I'm willing to bet Ian Fleming didn't care to... to bet on black a whole lot i didn't care for the black <laughs> always bet on lesbian until <laughs> so you can change them of course or... is there a black lesbian thing for roulette because i don't want to bet on it <laughs> if i lived on but this if coast... we put it on red that'll be like a communist do you have straight white male <laughs> all my money on straight white male if i lived on this coast we could never be friends because i would just constantly be coming over to your house and making you talk in Sir Ian Fleming mode about everything <laughs> at all times. I'd call you do in you the middle ever, of the night. Send me to sleep as certain Well, I sent you the ways I did. You right? did all oh, the ways. I haven't so even great. heard it myself. I'll have to put that out. Do you ever find yourself doing uh, that voice or other voices in the car by yourself? Almost just internally yeah. all the time. That's all I do. Especially when I read something, I read in a British accent to practice. But it's not like I'm practicing to get better. It's just like just something just I like to do. Keeping the muscle. Why. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So like now here's a question. Is this the first time on the podcast that you've broken that wall and talked about the fact that you are doing a Sir Ian Fleming voice? I don't know what you're talking about. I just got back in the room. Oh, okay. And I was just talking about doing British accents. Okay, my yeah. mistake. Yeah. No, Ian Fleming was right here. What? I, I did that was sort of what? a shimmering. I didn't yeah, have a good I don't, view. Uh, Man, that's it's so weird that you constantly are. He's getting in up. my house. Well, he was in your house. What, how did he get in here? I believe through the door. Huh? The leather door. You have a trap door, boy. <laughs> did you hear that? Did you hear him? No, I just briefly put my earbuds in because <laughs> I wanted to. It's like Christmas morning for me. You yeah. really love. Those AirPods. I do. <laughs> yeah. I do. Well, do you finally get lost no, easily? I put the movie AirBud on for just a ah. second. I have to get a fix every yeah, 20, sure. 30 minutes. I mean, I know how much you need your golden retriever fix. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Severine, what do we think of her in the Pantheon of Bond gals? I think she's up there for that uh, sort of secondary femme yep. fatale. She's up there for me. I mean, really, the Bond girl in this movie is M. M. Yeah. Yeah. Which so. is a little crazy. crazy. Or, or the Bond girl is Albert uh, Finney. I mean, look. <laughs> We've said it before, and I'll say it again. I am Dame Judy drenched for <laughs> she's the best for this m you can't beat the cast in this movie my god it's is anyone miscast i think the answer to that is no yeah let me try to think is anyone miscast um, javier bardem if anyone not that he's miscast he but fucking he just has so much joy playing that part like he's he having just... a good old time it's true i love it i can't think it's, of a it's single... not quite a benicio del toro level of good time but Maybe, maybe no. It's not even Albert, Albert Finney's fault. He's great. I, the role has some. Yeah, that part. Problems. Uh, By yeah. the way, rewatching this movie this time with the idea in my head of what would that have been like if they went to a retirement home for old bonds? Yeah, this movie seems to be written to that. Oh, it seems guess, to be written one hundred percent. No, even to the we're going back oh, in time. Yeah, even that line. Yeah, like it feels like this was. It feels like the draft with Sean Connery existed for ninety percent of the script. You may life. be right. Yeah, mm. like that was their initial thought, and as they wrote it, they finally kind of erased it out a little. In yeah, the end. but I, to, it feels to me like that is a thing, and I, I, you know, I always think about it. I always think, what if? What if they had done it? And. Part of me just wishes they did it. Oh, I'd like to see it. I don't want it to be the official version. Part of me wishes they... I really wish they did it. I would love to see Mm -hmm. Brosnan, Dalton, Lazenby, and uh, Sean Connery. Sitting sitting around playing whist. Sitting around gambling and like women are around. Roger Moore is there, sure. But they should have brought all the surviving Bond girls in to hang out there, too. Oh. Who would that have been a dream? Maude Adams. Would have been a dream. Man. Wow. I just a said, plaster I, cast of Q's hands <laughs> as bookends. Not bookends. As, <laughs> as what? I don't know. As like uh, shoring up the buttress, shoring up the, the foundation wall. of the building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beanbag chairs. There's like holding the granite quarry in place on the side of the. It just like how much would you love it if there was like a giant painting of Bernard Lee in there? Oh man. I would just love to have a giant painting. Another it. world. Just to see it. Yeah. In, in a better timeline, Matt. So they go to the... They go to the island. The island Why is she, here's, here's my question. People. Why is she captured? Like, she ends up hands tied up with him as they're walking out of the because island. Because they know she's did betrayed they, him. Did they... Is that the implication? They overheard her her conversation of well, I think wanting they, him to kill him? They know that Bond is who Bond is. So the well, fact that she brought him there... I See, I thought... That was part of, like, she knew who Bond was, too. And that was part of the plan was get Bond here onto this island. I guess it is part of the plan. And, I like, I I took it as it was her job to seduce him and get him I mean, to I the know. island so he could have his big two-minute speech. It's hard to say what is part of the plan and what isn't part of the plan because... Right. It's such Why a, is that like, part of the plan? Because they... That they shouldn't st- be part of the plan because they send two men to kill. Yes. Him, which, I guess, if you're... If you're um, Silva, you're like, uh, yeah, go ahead, try to kill him. He's a double O. You're not going to kill him. So maybe there's that element to it. No, but why would they bother with that? They'd go, they'd let him directly come to the island. 
what how does Silva's plan work if Bond doesn't capture him? That's the question. It doesn't. It doesn't. It this doesn't. is we can't even bother scrutinizing this because it doesn't hold it doesn't. water. Ultimately. The thing uh, I, I like, mean unless unless he that's his failsafe plan is mm-hmm. if I get captured this, this, this. Maybe. I mean, he it seems like a guy who's a planned a Z. lot of things. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. A through double Z. So I'll allow that. Plan Z was just... I'll allow the capturing. Ah, eh, just kill her. <laughs> this, it's great, man. That, that, this whole... That this, island... The island scene. Is phenomenal. The whole yeah. island scene. Everything yeah. that takes place on the island. We've is, talked a lot is, about his monologue, but I've never seen it this way before, that this is kind of that classic Bond trope of the villain asks him to join him first. And it was mm-hmm. really signed, it sort of reminded me of a modern take on the Dr. No thing of like, I appreciate what you are. We yep. should work together. And he's doing the same thing here. And it's kind of lost in his rat speech a little bit that that's really what he's after. First is to be the two rats that go out and eat the world mm-hmm. together. In that's his, interesting. Uh, in his big uh, homebrew setup. Sometimes yeah. the old way is the best way. <laughs> Uh, also, yeah. oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say the. I think we have. I mean, what, do you have anything to say or add or anything about his speech? Not really. I I liked I it okay. Like it's it's obviously very very written, but I feel like it works in the context because it's the Bond villain speech. Yeah, and he's it's always so gonna weird with it. Yeah. I love I love the timing of it. I love that he's walking slowly, yeah. methodically towards Tiny Bond. Steps. Yep, to make it. To um, Javier Bardem, my, is ridiculous. my last note that I had before I got too bored to keep notes anymore, not bored, but just tired of taking notes, was Javier Bardem has a weird face. He Like, does. beyond he the fact something. that they weirded him up for yeah. t- because he has the insert, but he has a, he's something. got an odd... You know what it is? It is when there's a Rick Baker... Follow me on this. When there's a movie from, like, the 80s with a Rick Baker makeup take where somebody's head is going to reshape. I'm talking specifically like say American werewolf in London, Mm -hmm. or there's a shot in uh, the original Conan, the barbarian movie where uh, James Earl Jones is about to turn into a snake. Right. Mm -hmm. And it cuts away from real James Earl Jones Mm -hmm. and it cuts back and it's mannequin head, James Earl Jones. And it looks 90% okay. And just, you'll see a snout sort of move forward a little yeah. bit, but that's all they're going to show because that's beyond that point. The, the mask won't work. So he looks like that shot yeah. of James Earl Jones. You're saying or, that Javier Bardem exists in the uncanny Valley. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's augmented in this film because he's wearing yeah. dentures, but still like just looking at him in other movies, his face is he a does. little weird. Dentures. And I, I can't also describe think he it. has a lot of makeup on. Like, I think they, they tarted him they, up a little. They tonered him down. Uh-huh. And I think that, like, no one can ever look past the black as night five o'clock shadow right. and the blonde hair and eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It is at odds. I have a question for you guys. So this this thing about Bond saying, who says it's my first time, implying that he's had some sort of homoerotic experience before. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know about all the previous Bond movies, if you had to pick who Bond would most likely have had a homoerotic moment with in the Bond films, who would it be? Judd Baker. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was the most childlike no I've ever seen. No, no, come on, You can't think Joran Baker. You guys, a serious <laughs> question. Stop joking. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I gotta say, it is a tiger. Tiger Kanaka. Oh, I it's didn't because of Japan. And it is, you know, men the come thing first. If men come first, women come later. I think it's yeah. like, it's just a sex party in this tub. Well, yeah. I had a similar thought that he and Live and Let Die, Felix Leiter, David Hedison are celebrating with some girls and they're just, everything gets confused and mixed <laughs> up. And it's like, I don't know where this is going or what's happening. <laughs> it's just here. a big pretzel at yeah. some point. You know. All right. Those yep. are the two moments. I'll buy that. And Jordan Baker. <laughs> you guys, which, which Joe Don Baker, evil Joe Don Baker, or ally Joe Don Baker? Ooh, he, uh, he, ally Joe Don Baker in the streets, evil Joe Don Baker in the sheets. Are <laughs> uh, <laughs> you marking it down? I am taking a tally. You know, vote in and say who you think Bond will most have a gay experience with, and we'll publish it in this year's uh, print yearbook for James Bonding. <laughs> Uh, also, if you'd like to cast your vote for this James Bond did Goldfinger, <laughs> do that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Sylvia gets captured. Yeah. Unless anyone has anything else for I, just, I do enjoy oh, his I moment. I do like the McKellen 62, the nod mm. to mm, the year yeah. James Bond started. Yeah. I don't know that McKellen ever put years on their labels. Um that big but i loved it um 50 year old scotch and i gotta tell you the the whole thing going back to his uh marksmanship failing severine tied up like there your lovers are here He's, that is such a weird line. Your lovers, your lovers are here are. but i'm thinking about that it's i never thought about it before it's true they've both been mm-hmm. her lovers yeah um i also w- was mentally trying to reconstruct that huge uh, statue that they're all yeah. standing in front of. Yeah. I think, think I want to know the story behind that statue. Yeah. It's probably a statue of Some tiger. very large guy. Yes, yeah, statue of Tiger Tanaka. Yeah. That is sexy. <laughs> it's a statue they made one-to-one scale of Q, only having his hand <laughs> plaster cast. <laughs> they, they, they retconned it based on... They're like, well, we have these hands. Let's build the rest of them. A lot of people don't know that those 70s white chairs that you'd sit in were in a hand <laughs> were just, just, they were Desmond just Llewellyn cast. one for one plaster casts of Desmond Llewellyn's hand <laughs> we have a fun time on this we show do. we sure do, do. It really is terrific um, but I do love that scene I love the marksmanship scene uh, yeah. and I love James Bond fucking getting out of it and killing everybody it's there. good because that, it, it has like an air of man with a golden gun like this this just yes. dual sort of thing dueling happening. pistols yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I thought, as brief as it was, I thought it was the best choreographed little fight sequence. Yeah, uh, yeah. and as back to the editing, like so well edited that you uh, like, I understood the exactly geography it, yeah. of it first time through. And also, I do and, think I do think that Silva was genuinely surprised that Bond was able to pull that off. But he still needed it to happen. I think his plan is either capture Bond, or either be captured by Bond, or, or turn Bond, or do whatever the hell I was going to do with Plan C-12. Yeah, I don't know. So he's captured. I like his moment with the tooth. I mean, the pulling his teeth out and the cyanide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He delivers that pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's compelling. I love the courtroom shootout 
Love that. Courtroom shutouts. I love the way they work together that he kicks a gun to money. Penny. Yes. Yes. M grabs a gun. Bond winks at him. They all are that just that's a great scene. And I do like how angry Silva is that he starts shooting into the fog. Yeah. 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 Um that is the one point where I do feel like Bond upended his system. He went there to kill M and he was really pissed that Bond actually got ahead of him one step. Yep. Even if the whole escape and train sequence leading up to it's kind yeah. of you could cut that you could cut that whole thing done okay cut the motorcycles <laughs> cut that I got a tighter movie anyway um the I mean this is class A running by yep. Daniel Craig in the streets He's a, he yeah. is a yeah. visceral runner yeah. that Dan Craig I just wish yeah. I was in one percent of the shape he's in yeah yeah me too well, if it was your job there, to buddy. be. Me? I'm yeah. nowhere near the shape he's in. You're, you're closer than I am. I may be a leaner fellow, but I have the endurance of a, a couch pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. God. I, I, I went back. The other thing I went back to watch was that opening sequence to Casino Royale. Not, not the bathroom fight, but the parkour sequence. Oh, yeah. It's fucking is that the best? That is the best action sequence in a, in a Bond movie, isn't I it? I think for my money, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's hmm. so. I, I use this word too I many like times. A, I like a From Russia with Love train fight, but go ahead. Mm, yeah, that's, that's a good true. one, too. That's a good one. I, I mean, I've overused the word, but it's so visceral in a way that. I mean, it just erases. It's the it, it erases Brosnan from the map in two minutes, and the rest of it is just marveling. Could you say that again? <laughs> just on mic? Well, it's just Brosnan, as much as I love him, and as handsome as he is, yeah, I don't like this. he never carries a lot of weight on yeah. screen for me. I, I don't buy don't, him as a physical, he's the imposing scorpion. presence. You need a practical scorpion. Yeah, you need, the, you need the practical scorpion. I don't like that you brought Paul on here just to sandbag me. <laughs> <laughs> You can write me the check later. Uh, we did it. Can we I did. offer you a Kananga balloon? Sure. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's incredible. But so we were talking about Skyfall, not He takes M away. They go pick up the Aston Martin in the shed. Did you notice that they leave and he just leaves the shed open? By the way, if you look beyond the car, all his, all his worldly possessions are in that shed it's a big shed and he just leaves it open like fuck it i don't care anymore that stuff's already dead to me anyway i also think he has a a shed kincaid (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna close up after him um Uh, i genuinely want to just say thank you to sam mendes and i just want to really just thank him for this moment this moment in, in perhaps all of the James Bond franchises, is the moment I wanted most. The Aston Martin with the fucking, theme song. And, and the music cue. To yeah. see, like, that was such to a great To see touch. the light go on, to see that Aston Martin DB5. Mm-hmm. I did not expect it the first time I saw no, it. That's which is sure. just as much James Bond. To me, that car is so James Bond. Although it was in the trailer, them in Scotland with the car. Yeah, but you um, don't know where it's coming. Yeah, and like yeah. You're not expecting it at that moment at no, all. Right, you're right not enough. even putting the pieces together. Yeah. But to have that moment with that car and to Daniel Craig to step out next to it, 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 it really, for me, is just like that. You, you might as well be giving me Sean Connery in his prime mm, and playing yeah. that music. Yeah. That car is so iconic. Yeah. 
And uh, quite frankly, the fact that it still has machine guns and an ejector seat mm-hmm. delighted me. See, that threw no me ends. a little when I first saw it. I remember feeling in the theater like, this felt jarring to me. I, yeah. I well, you know, you got to... Because it's deal incongruent with, with Daniel Craig's It's almost world. like a guy who wouldn't like Pierce Brosnan. I know. Or, some, like, or somebody gets really like overly that. obsessed with the timeline yeah, of I mean, multiple well, actors uh, playing the role. Uh, thank you for being a mediating presence. <laughs> sure. I love the... the Wait, sass- we both have things. <laughs> I love the sassy interplay between... Like, yes. just the... Are you going to talk the whole way there? Yeah. Um, okay. They... Oh, so Matthew, and beautiful. James Gorley. Yes. I would like you to please explain to me what you think happened with this Aston Martin. You're not supposed to know. And how it became. uh, He took it into queue and said, this is my car. Can you do some work on it? And I know this is the first time he's meeting this queue, but this is the new quartermaster, she says. The old quartermaster probably retiring. He had a great relationship with him. He's like, let me do that one pet project before I go. Before I go off to the hand specialist. A great relationship with him after his first mission as a double O? No, I've agreed that there are missions in between this. Don't try to pin me down on technicalities that don't exist. Does he take this car? June. What do you mean? (laughs) I don't know what you mean. Like... Matt, I, I just don't. I just our brains work a little differently here. I don't think we're at odds. That's the other thing. I do think we're at odds. Terrible you, odds. So, I don't know if our friendship can survive. So, what is your explanation? That how did these machine guns get in there? This was a, this was issued, issued to, him to him as a and part it's of a pure mission. coincidence that he already has a DB five. What do you mean? I honestly, I don't think his. I don't think he ever took that DB five from. But then it Whatever was still for the people listening at why home. Why would they give him a DB5 in this day and age? You can't imagine the level give of tension in modern, this room right now. Yeah, modern oh, Aston Martin. They gave him that DB5 in 1964. You also can't oh, see the knives they are brandishing at each other as they have this conversation. Like, We've actually tied our wrists together like the the gypsy yeah. women yes. in, from Russia with love. <laughs> yeah. And Sean Connery's watching us. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you other than you're wrong. You know, it's what I it's the scene for me it's like an extension of the scene in Die Another Day where he's in Q Branch Q Branch's old storage facility mm-hmm. and he sniffs Irma Kleb's shoe no I understand that but that's more of a that's the meta nod for me. but this you have literal evidence of the year he was born from Spectre we see that you know yeah we know that that he wasn't around I'm sorry, but I think okay. That, but I you're here, the one okay, here driving that really wanted to figure this out. And here's the here's the way I will allow this to exist. It can't help in it's, my head. Yeah, the year's 2007, right? <laughs> Wait, right now it is. No, no, in this in this world where I'm He's now setting the scene. The, the year, year after, after it's Casino Royale plus one. Yeah, it's a so it really is a quantum plus one, right? Because if yeah. Casino ends right. quantum, so it's a quantum plus one. James Bond's Aston Martin famously rolled 9,000 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's sitting, maybe he's sitting at a lunch table with Tanner. And Tanner's like, you know, Q Branch is clearing out a lot of stuff. We've got to make room for these new servers. <laughs> uh, and And Bond goes... Really? 
are they getting rid of any of the cars? And Tanner's like, I think so. And he goes down and he takes a look and he sees the DB5. And then he says to M or Q, that one. That's mine. Dibs. Now, let me offer you, you an alternative. You that? Can that yeah, okay? but, but the problem is, is you could just as easily be having lunch with Tanner. And Tanner's like, oh, by the way, we're doing a regular um, MI5 barge mission to the Bahamas to pick up some stuff. Oh, really? I've got a, a DB5 over there. Can we throw it on? You bet, buddy. <laughs> where uh, are our British accents? Is it right-hand drive or I is watch. it left-hand drive? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I need it converted. That's a pretty big task. <laughs> but it's well, actually no small more. task to put machine guns in an ejector seat. So we can switch your drive shaft. Sure. So I'll buy that it is, it is Q-branch surplus that he has. Like when you buy an old Jeep from the Army. <laughs> Or a okay, so I'll buy that too. It's left over from an old MI6 mission, not a Bond mission necessarily, but yeah. those were kind of standard issue. Yeah. We're agreed. The summit is over. We've so done it. If you disagree... Glad I could help, guys. You, yeah. you or me in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're heading up to Scotland. Heading up to Scotland. Beautiful cinematography through the foggy hills. That I mean, the shot of him standing outside the car while M gets out of the car... Great trailer moment. Just yeah. great. God. Glencoe Scott. All right. Can we talk Albert Finney yet? Here we are. Yeah. We're talking Kincaid. Like all great ladies, she still has her secret <laughs> ways. Emma, apparently, Emma, apparently Albert Emma. Finney has a deviated septum. He does. Emma. <laughs> I love how big a game he talks, and then the first sign of trouble he's dropping shotgun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The minute they say pe- people are going to come here to kill us, we're going to kill them first. Well, then we'd better get started. <laughs> what? A, I mean, he's a real, real hard I'm ass. I'm not really I sure. I wish the gun room was fully stocked. Yeah. yeah. Would have been really kind of cool. Yeah. But a nice touch. I'm not sure what he's doing there. He's the groundskeeper. I mean, Is he's he the ga- groundskeeper. No, I mean, not, not, I mean, just the character, oh. other than being a third body. To shoot not, some people and to, to he, reveal their location like an is, idiot because they're only a hundred yards listen, away from. He's Sean Connery. Silver. I think you're right, and I think he's 100 Sean Connery. When they didn't do that, they went. We still need someone with gravitas, an actor with gravitas. We'll get yeah. Albert Finney. But you're right. It it because he's I mean, he's he, part just fizzles. He's not out. doing anything, and he's just let. Luckily, he's letting his Albert Finneyness carry yeah, the he's part. Great. And he's yeah, he's charming, yeah. and he's funny, and he's got you know Albert Finney presence. But like, he's not like there's not there's probably a scene on the cutting room floor. I think. Where he has he's talking with M and he's got some insight into young young James Bond or something. There should be yeah. something. Well, he that, does. He does talks about when his parents died and he hid in that priest hole for I yeah, suppose, two days. And when he came out, he wasn't a boy anymore. I wanted the scene of the morning after all this where he's going, "Well, fuck, where do I live now? <laughs> I guess I, I had, sleep in the tunnel." Had Paul Haggis written this, he would have fucked her wound. Is that a crash? <laughs> What? Oh, that's, that's the other great. crash. Yeah. Oh, that's the Cronenberg, <laughs> Cronenberg crash. crash. Yeah. Damn it. Cronenberg Bond film. Now we're talking. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it, oh, he, especially in the flash. end when Silva just shoots the wall and he stands there with his hands up. Yeah. And you don't realize how long he's actually standing there with his hands up because even when M dies and they cut to the wide shot, he's still in that place. Exactly. <laughs> he has not moved. He's pissed his pants. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think because he's a gamekeeper, I think he's a hunter. 
And I think he can stay still. He's just staying still. That's something he knows how to do. <laughs> if we can't see me move, we can't see me. <laughs> I don't uh, know what accent that was. So, you know, we've talked about the home aloneness of it all. Yeah, the, impromptu, the impromptu uh, fortress fortifying of Skyfall. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with it. I love this sequence. Did you notice he has these two hunting dogs? And then when Silva's team arrive, you hear distant barking, but you never see what becomes of those dogs, or mm-hmm. you'd think that they would have helped a little more. <laughs> I just think they wanted to avoid having to show those dogs get killed. Yeah. 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 Uh, I One thing I love about the Craig Bond is that they they show him, like, he'll kill somebody... And then he'll take their gun because his gun's out of rounds. Yeah. And that's a touch I always... I remember just, you know, when you grow up and watch an action movie, you'd always yeah. think, why isn't he doing that? And then finally, I think Liam Neeson started doing it in Taken. And then John Wick, he's he does that kind of thing. Rambo First Blood Part Two. I guess he does some of a long history of of gun taking. But uh, Craig does it with extra flair where he kicks it up like a skateboard. I mean, come on. That was a great touch. Yeah. You want to kick up a gun. That's right. You get yourself a James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the attack helicopter coming in, playing that song? It was such a strangely not super well-known song. Yeah. Like it's a weird choice, and I wonder if there's a reason behind that. It almost feels like a steel stainless steel delicatessen choice or something. I mean, it's it's a known song. I knew the yeah. song, but it's not like what is the statement he's making with this somewhat obscure blues song because they haven't established him as so weird and super twisted and odd like he's he's a little weird but not that yeah sort of slightly cartoony he's playing edith piaf on the island what is he playing i can't remember oh oh yeah i remember what it was playing there a jaunty tune yeah, a little French lilting tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this who is this um, uh, Booker? T and the MGs. Is it? No, who, no. I'm just finishing your sentences. Uh, who am I thinking of? This is boom, 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 right? Boom, boom. Because Big Head boom, Todd and the Monsters boom, did a cover boom. of it. <laughs> Why didn't they use that version? Uh, boom, written and performed by Charles Trenet. Trenet. Oh, boom, boom. John Lee Hooker. Yeah. John Lee Hooker. John that's Lee who Hooker. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Booker, I said. I meant Hooker, yeah. A boom, boom, boom. Oh, boom, 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 boom is the yeah. French song that they're listening to on the island, I think. Boom? It. It's called Boom, B-O-U-M, exclamation point. No shit. Okay, I guess it does make sense because he's kind of coming to blow everything up. Uh, no, that's that's the song he's... The, the French one is the one he's listening to on the island during the uh, dueling pistol yeah. competition. And then Boom, Boom, John Lee Hooker. Isn't that, isn't that what he's listening to? Uh-huh. Isn't that what he's playing? I'm pretty sure. Tag helicopter? Yeah, okay. Well, it's a hell of a sequence, and Deacon's cinematography, man, that fire on that lake, forget it. The moors. Yeah, that's what saves a lot of the ending of the... Like, I, I really feel the length of this movie in that last sequence, but yeah, like the, the cinematography and all that stuff really is what saves it for me. Yeah. Because you don't... Uh, like I don't the know whole... if you know this about Daniel Craig, but he's great underwater. Yeah. He's great in the water. I would also like that guy he kills underwater, and I was there too, just to hear about the filming of that sequence too. Oh, it would be great. Yeah. These guys all live in England. And that great, uh, the great shot of him firing the flare up to the yeah 
the I ice. love that. Yeah. I love Great. when he turns around, swims down, and does that. Yeah. I also love Silva's reaction. When Bond goes in there, he just laughs and yeah. walks off. His yeah. reactions are great. Speaking of that, when he, not to jump too far ahead, but when he does get stabbed and, and he turns around and he's so angry, then he's finally like resigned and is like just so pissed. Like, I just yeah. want to die because I'm so done. This is the first time where I watched it where it's like his reaction is actually that to Bond's last rat standing one-liner where he's like, <laughs> oh, great, I got to die on a <laughs> shitty one-liner. Yeah. He just didn't have the energy to say, I made that story up. <laughs> um, I get the last laugh. M's last line is I did get one thing right. Yeah. That's really a good moment. I think I, I, it's and, uh, beautifully done. Yeah. And then uh, the church sequence is great. I great. love when Silva comes in and says, Of course, it had to be here. It had to be you. <laughs> Kind of bows of the clown in there a little bit. Do you notice he also points the gun at her head? But if you actually look at the, there's two different angles on that shot. Basically, both of them are missing his head. So it's like it's angled at her head in such a way that it doesn't look like it's fully going to shoot him. Uh Not that he intends it to be that way, but it is funny to think that she would do it and he'd still be alive and he'd be like, of course it had to end this way. But it's almost like she could move her head out of the way yeah, very quickly. Yeah. The look of fear on her face is so good though. She's yeah. a fucking dame. Yeah. yeah. That's right. She's a lady of acting. Dame. Well, goddamn pro. I got to say. All right. So, okay. So that whole thing Judy, We love you. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to go out. The tiny little epilogue we get. I would give that an A plus plus. Yeah, it's great. The rooftop, or are we talking the? We're talking rooftop time down to, get to back the office to business. Yeah, that whole sequence. Yeah, that. I love penny. that he. You know, he's handed the fucking bulldog that he hated. Yeah. Yep. Telling you to take a jest job. No, it's just it's the got opposite. Cracks in it. Yeah. It's really spectacularly done. Eve Money Penny M's finally in his office. We got the quilted leather door. We're back. <sighs> There's no way we're getting any rogue missions. Everything from here is going to be episodic, one-time missions. Don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. We do not need to tie these movies together further. Relax. It's not going to happen. We were so naive. Were we ever that young, guys? I know. Now we're going to rate this movie. Also, not Judy Dench's last appearance as him. She pops up on the DVD, Inspector. All right. We're going to rate this movie on a scale of 0 to 007. Yep. Who goes first here? Well, we should always offer it to the guest. It's only oh, pressure's on. Does the guest not want to feel like a dum dum when we? Raise That's it? right. When you guys give it, I, a, I haven't thought about this. I thought about it. I uh, earlier today when I was thinking about it, I was going to give it a double O four. But through the course of our many hours of discussing this movie and realizing again, as I said at the outset, how much more I love the movie, the this, the the whole more so than the sum of its parts. I think, I think I'm gonna go double O five. Mm, that's nice. This movie, for me, it's a double O six. I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah, double O six. Yeah. This is a double O six. There's no, I, you know, if the if the plot made more sense, yeah, you're looking at a double O seven gold rating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I agree. Now would that boost? 
Is Casino Royale your mutual only 007? Casino Royale, we haven't done again. Okay. Yet, so we have not rated it. But, it would but I feel like you've discussed the topic. Standard. It would be a very it would be hard to beat Casino Royale. Yeah. yeah. And again, I do rate all of these things knowing that there are a couple of sevens in my head. So, oh, you're not going to go one seven. You got a couple sevens in Yeah, there, so I, I have to like skew everything based mm. on those. Mm. That bell curve. Interesting. Uh, so, Matt... That being said, uh, thanks for taking us through Skyfall yet again. Paul, you were a wonderful guest. Thank you, guys. It but has it's... been a genuine pleasure being here for a very longer than the movie. Yeah. Well, it's that time of Two night. hours and three minutes. Oh, oh okay. thank you. Oh, well, we got some time. It's that, it's that time of, uh, of the podcast. I chose Skyfall. Um, it is now up to my compatriot. Monsieur Goli. Okay, I, I have to Tell us what we're watching next. I haven't... I haven't... Uh, distilled it down to one yet for some reason so let me just in my head go over i don't know if i want to say what my finalists are for this week or if i just want to think about it oh that's interesting i think you should think about it give it a little bit of you guys talk to each other okay i could i could throw a plug out please i could throw my plugs in which is the reason i'm here it's actually great because people are going to be listening to this part that's right yes they're on tenterhooks great uh, so I'm uh, half of comedy music duo Paul and Storm at Paul and Storm on all the various social media. Storm died to us because he didn't do anything with the song. <sighs> don't be maybe don't he'll be, be resurrected. Like on don't a be like that, Matt. <laughs> uh, we both help run the annual Joko Cruise, which Matt Gorley has been a guest That's on. Right, yes. uh, the next one is happening February 18th to 25th, 2018. Joko Cruise, J-O-C-O Cruise.com. It is a great time. It's like music comedy creative Name joko after jonathan colton after correct? jonathan colton yes, yes internet singer songwriter uh it's you know so there's music and comedy concerts there's uh, authors and creative people and it's sort of it's all the good parts of a con without any of the bad parts and it all happens on a cruise ship that leaves out of san diego going to several stops in baja california it is a great time and we recommend it for everybody uh also what ages are we talking 18 and up all eight to eighty, baby. Eight to eighty. Promiscuous sex. Not leave it at the. Leave it at 80. port. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and then uh, we've uh, also we wrote and did a lot of songs for the first season of the reboot of Mystery Science Theater three thousand, which you can find That's on right. Netflix. You know, I got. I love everything about that show except the host. Well. There's always just kidding. There's always a week. He came link. up with this theme song. Wow, wow, sorta. No, he inspired the theme song. He came up with the inspiration for the theme song. <laughs> uh, so you can hear a bunch of songs and funny lines we wrote for that on the Netflix. We hope there will be a second season. They want a second season. We but hope they want the kids want. They s- want a second season. Everybody. We, uh, you know, here's the is whoever you want it to be. No, Knock the fans wood. want a second Knock season. We all want a second table. season. Um, I look like I'm listening, but I'm we'd thinking like about 900 more right episodes, now. please. Yes. So we, as, as so say we all. Yes. Uh, what do you have to plug, Matt? Uh, you know, too much. I'm out there too much. Don't worry about it. I'm ready. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> all right. All right. Matt, you've had time in the sanctum. What is the next movie that I'm going to be watching to... Tuesdays from now. Well, I felt the need to either go back to a Moore or a Connery because we we've got a lot of those to cover. Yeah, we've we sure covered do. all the Daltons, two of the Brosnans, yep. now one of the Craigs. Lazenby, we can save for. We should save that for Christmas anyway because that's a Christmas movie. Understood. <laughs> it's it, you're just trying to die hard retcon it. 
That's fair. So, my choices are a hard-nosed, realistic, gritty Connery, mm-hmm. or more of the lighthearted one, or a Roger Moore. Oh, I'm still between two Connor. I want to do... But I want to save some good ones for the run. We're going to do You Only Live Twice. Oh, we're going to see Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. I am very excited. One of my favorite theme songs. and It's a good theme song. It's an underrated theme yeah, song. Yeah, quite frankly, yeah. one of my favorite performances by a Bond, uh, a Bond ally. Talk Tiger. Tiger's yeah. not Yeah, I also like Charles Gray in this brief role. He's, a, he's an ally for it's a short the bit. Most British in any Bond yeah. movie. Yeah, my God. I'd say it's it's an outstanding performance. Uh, one of the best performances by any uh, voiceover actor redubbing the lines for long history of that. Any Bond. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This one I'm excited about because this is not been one of my favorite Conneries, but I've been looking forward to watching this movie for a long time and I've been holding off knowing we were going to do this so I, I have an expectation I may like it more than I remember so. I gotta tell you, I'm excited with this choice, I look forward good. to living once again good, there it is then, James, James Bonding will return Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.